Saturday, August 14th, 2021. I'm Lou with the American Branch of PNN. I'm going to try and keep this segment short today, but I have a lot of really important stuff to say, so I have to say it. I know I've had a lot of Mike Lindell Cyber Symposium stuff. Today will be the last day of it, hopefully, and we'll get back to doing normal shows again. So you don't have to worry about that, but I think it's really important that people watch that stuff. I've tried my absolute best to cut most of the chaff out of it so that you just get really interesting conversation the entire time if you are listening to any of those. And I've cut it up into parts with the segments, so hopefully it's more con- digestible and you can do it over time rather than having to sit through that entire seven-hour freaking cyber symposium. Hopefully it's, it's, it's good. If you've watched any of that, thank you. Because I think it's a service to our country that people watch that stuff. And Mike Lindell put a lot on the line for that. So thank you. And it sounds like 16 Megabyte did watch some of that. So thanks, dude. That means a lot. If not to me, then to Mike Lindell, at least. Today I'm going to do part three, or day three. Or <laughs> I'm going to try and get it all into one episode. But I don't know. I'll try my best to get it into the single episode. First, I want to just correct... Uh, I kind of stuck my foot in my mouth a bit with Mr. Obvious... Before I started on this whole cyber symposium thing, he released a video. He was banned for a week because he had put out some, I guess, quote, misinformation, unquote, on vaccines. So he couldn't even post to his thing. He probably got a strike on his channel, I assume. You know, I was giving him a lot of hard time. I forgot his channel is unmonetized and it has been unmonetized for a very long time. He doesn't monetize his YouTube. I forgot about that. So I kind of was sticking my foot in my mouth and I was talking a lot. Um, you know, and I should support creators that are willing to put their channel on the line to say things, and Styx isn't really doing that. He kind of is more than Tim Pool, Tim the Fool Pool. I hate Tim Pool. He literally talked, he put fake news out about Mike Lindell, guys. What a faggot. What a douchebag. He literally just read a fake news article about Mike Lindell and he laughed about it. It was so stupid, guys. And thankfully, his audience saw through it, most of it anyways, a quarter of it, saw through it and called him out on it. So, what a douche. And then Mr. Obvious put a video out about it, so props on him. You know, I think I was giving Mr. Obvious just too too hard of a time, you know, because he does do a service. And you were talking about the end of your episode 16 Megabyte that Mr. Obvious was on that list. (laughs) That is so hilarious. Part two of day two on my videos I, is Dr. Shiva talking. Most, the, I think the entirety of that one is Dr. Shiva. And 
he brings up that very list you're talking about. And I, I say that Mr. He says, uh, I don't know. He says project Veritas or whatever, but he doesn't bring up Mr. Obvious. And then I pause the video. I'm like, I'm like, Mr. Obvious is on the bottom of the list as well. Guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do what? So if he, if Mr. Obvious is on that list, he's doing something right. <laughs> so, you know, I, I was giving him too hard of a time, I think. So I apologize. You know, everyone, we all do. We all have wrong days. So <laughs> that's how it is. And if you want to call me PNN in America, <laughs> dude, go for it. 16 megabyte. But I'm going to probably change the name soon. So you might be all getting wiggle wiggle blah, blah, blah. Oh, dude, Jennifer Aniston is hot as fuck, dude. I don't even care if you say she's old and stuff. Like, you were right on the money when you said she was hot initially, dude. <laughs> dude, she's banging. <laughs> Jennifer Aniston, bro. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, <clears throat> and one thing before... Uh, I'm going to keep this short, but one more thing before... I go into there. Uh, PNN Central is such an amazing site. Everyone needs to go to PNN Central. I would use that site daily. That site is amazing. Okay, it's on. It's on my bookmark bar. I love that site. So good. He's changed it so that it looks more 4chan like now. Like the news stories have cool, uh, like 4chan background colors. It's really cool now, dude. Such. He always puts more work into it, and he's linking to my site now. That's so cool. Uh, if you guys want, you should go donate to this dude if you can. I think he takes Bitcoin. Let me look. Yeah, he takes Bitcoin. Dude, uh, I don't know if you watch these PNN Central Non, but if you just keep doing your site for a couple months, and I think I'll be in getting some money soon, <laughs> okay? So, maybe able to throw some your way. So just keep going, and hopefully soon we'll be able to, you know, get our stuff going a little bit smoother. <laughs> so just stick in there. Maybe I'll be able to throw some money your way soon. Uh, and other people should throw money his way if they can, because it's an amazing site. This will be the last show today on the Cyber Symposium. Uh, one thing, though, a lot of people, there's so much shill going around with this, guys. Uh, and, dude, they're using that narrative back in, like, June or July. I don't even remember. I was talking about how they were going to push the narrative that once uh, August 13th came and Trump wasn't president, the... It was all of us saying he was going to become president. Like, dude, I said they were going to use this narrative back then because it was so obvious what they were playing to because Mike never said, if you go watch the video that they say it to, Mike Lindell just says that once he shows the evidence, if the people in power had any conscience whatsoever, they would step down on August 13th because that's how compelling this evidence is going to be. He never says that Trump's going to be, he just doesn't say it the way that they're playing it like he said it. You should go watch the video yourself whenever the left is doing it. And I mean, guys, there's every... Remember how it was like no news for like four days into this shit storm of news and every and every mainstream media outlet is printing smear pieces on fucking Mike Lindell. It's like when every single mainstream news outlet is doing this, even fucking Tim Pool, uh, you gotta know that this guy that Mike Lindell's doing something right man he's preaching some sort of truth that's all he wants is truth and that's what I want and that's what everybody in our fucking country should want is truth here's a shield thread right here and it's always by German anons I think they're using VPNs and shit why did Mike Lindell's cyber symposium fail or they'll use stuff like like he's a scam artist or they'll like agree with you like 
It was kind of good, but Mike Lindell is a scam artist, a crack addict or something. I mean, I don't know how anyone could watch the past three days and think that Mike Lindell is trying to scam people. The dude's put so much damn money into this. He's risked his fucking reputation. He can't advertise anywhere anymore. How anyone could think that is a fucking retard, okay? There's no way this guy is scamming people. He's losing money, if anything. He can't advertise on Fox News anymore. You think that is making him money? Fuck off. Fuck off. People are, if he's making money because there's so many people buying his pillows right now, good fucking good. Good. This right here. It 100% achieved its objective, which was raking in donations and keeping gullible boomers hooked into the next crackpot conspiracy. They're trying to link this to Q conspiracy shit. I mean, that's this, and this guy's from Poland, so it's just weird. It's These guys aren't even from America. It's usually Leafs and, and other, it's just, it's so obvious and people see it. People get it. Because it's just, when they're so blatant like this, where, and they're linking articles like Salon and CNN and then like using that in part of the, as part of their argument. And when people do that, you know they're a shill. You know when they're linking mainstream media to back up their argument. They're fucking shiller than shill. <laughs> Salon. <laughs> fucking come on. It's so obvious. But we'll get in the show now. This is the last show. I'll be, we'll be... I'll be talking, I'll be doing bigger discussions at the end. I've, I've been kind of zooming by because I want to just get these cyber symposium ones out because I think they're really important for people to see. We'll get in the show, we'll do the cyber symposium thing. I won't really be doing an ending segment. It'll just be the cyber symposium done. And I'm going to try and just sketch it out in one episode, but we'll see how that goes. Since I did Mike Lindell's speech in its own episode, I probably don't, it'll probably shorten up this one. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, thank you guys for watching. Here you go. So I motioned over this gentleman who came to me and said, Wendy, I also served in the Air Force. I was also a pilot like you in the Air Force. I'm a retired general officer. And I said, great to meet you, sir. And he said, I want to tell you, I flew tankers in Strategic Air Command. He said, the chain of custody in this room is tougher and more acute and narrow than even it was in Strategic Air Command. He said, I can't go to the bathroom without signing off these uh, tabulation sheets I'm working on. He said, I've never seen anything like this. And among them was none other than uh, former Governor Eric Greitens of Missouri, Navy SEAL, who had the same observation in terms of accountability and chain of custody of the procedures on that floor, which were bar none better in many cases than the US military. So you had Navy, you had Air Force, all of us seeing the excellence of this. Four different parameters were looked at underneath a microscopic camera. We're talking the yellow dot water marks in the paper. We're talking how the hash mark lines lined up from the back to the front of the paper. We're talking, and this is what amazed me the most, was whether or not the oval bubble was filled in by a human or not. Because of the three-dimensional ability for that microscopic camera to look at the paper and whether or not it was cratered. And we could look at the fibers of the paper. The media is beside itself because they won't communicate the truth of the excruciating detail 
to which this analysis was done of 2.1 million ballots. 2.1 million ballots. The two companies are Cyber Ninjas, the overarching uh, application security company, and Cypher, C-Y-F-I-R, data. And I looked up this technician who had spent an hour with me before I walked the floor. It was none other than Doug Logan himself, the CEO of Cyber Ninjas, who had spent an hour with the little grandma from Flagstaff. Mark. So I, I, I would add that um, the, it's my understanding that the major auditing houses were contacted and asked if they would like to do the work. And the response was, we'll have to take a pass because we have government contracts that are at risk. What a surprise. The other thing that I want to make note of is, and, and Senator Rogers um, has, has teed this up very well, it's not just what was found in the audit itself, but it is the documents that have been discovered as a result of discovery and the process. Look, folks, you can either have fast or you can have accurate. Fast is a service to the media. Accuracy is a service to the people. Yeah. That is where we need to have our focus. Right. So now we have letters that have come out. As time goes on, and I've used this metaphor before, the ocean is truth, and a vessel with a crack in it is a lie. Sooner or later, enough water is going to seep in, enough truth is going to sink in that it's going to sink that vessel of lies. So we now have documents that have been uncovered, internal documents uh, that were released publicly by the Maricopa County uh, Board of Supervisors and the, uh, I believe is the Elections Department. Y'all have heard of Sharpie Gate? Okay. Yeah, I remember Sharpie Gate. It was all over the news and Facebook yeah. and everything. Yeah, so a conspiracy the theory. media mocked the conspiracy <laughs> theory of Sharpie Gate. Well, here's a little bit of fact that folks can check. People were instructed to use ballpoint pens up to, and this is a quote, up to the day of the election, but on the day of the election, instruct voters to use Sharpies. Interestingly enough, one of the things that was disclosed in the most recent hearing is that there was ink bleed through because of Sharpies. Imagine that. Which caused ballots to do what? Go to adjudication. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is where one of the major areas of potential fraud exists. Because if it bleeds through, if the ink bleeds through the paper, it confuses the automated machine, which by the way, I'm not a fan of automated machines. I'm a big fan of hand counting. It confuses the machine and forces electronic adjudication. That's where somebody decides who you voted for, not where you voted for, who you, who you, who they think you voted for. And that, by the way, the volunteers, regardless of party preference, right. Republicans, Democrats, independents, green party, you, you name it. Everybody was there, all walks of life, uh, moms, dads, retired grandpas, grandmas. And we purposely yeah, yeah. did not ask what yeah. their party was. Didn't know, didn't want to know. Didn't care. We just want people that wanted to, that had skin in the game, Maricopa County residents that wanted to ensure that they're, they were there because after all, it's your ballot. It's your vote. This is where we are right now is, is we've gotten some preliminary results in. Um, the left, and by the way, fellow legislators out there, you know what I'm talking about on this. 
we're constantly getting a barrage of FOIA requests coming from the, the hard left, correct? Right? Well, they, they hit us with a FOIA request. They wanted to have all correspondence between Cyber Ninjas, which is basically the quarterback of the audit, and, and the Senate. We took it to court, and because this is legislative privilege, our, our investigation is still ongoing. We're not doing a, a recount. We're doing an audit. That's a government function. It's an audit. So they tried to disrupt, and, and they had the Department of Justice get involved and everything else. And Department of Justice tried to intimidate us. And, well, you know, it's Arizona, okay? And we have, what do we have in Arizona? We have a lot of sand, right? So Department Boxes of Justice came full. in. They wanted to, to try to intimidate us. Well, and it was, of course, Senator Rogers told them to do what? Go pound sand. So that's, you know, right? Um, anyway, um, they hit us with these FOIA requests. The judges, they, they, the court said no. They're part, they're an agent of the Senate, so therefore they have to comply. You have to, it's this public uh, record. You need to comply and disclose that. Okay. Well, President Fan, as great as she is, turned right around and hit the county with FOIA requests, Secretary of State's office, former county recorder's office, and Dominion and hit them with FOIA requests because what's good for the goose is good for the gander because guess what? Dominion is a contracted agent of the county. Uh, she also hit him with another subpoena for more items and to reinforce another, the subpoena on the routers, passwords, and hardware tokens, and, and spunk logs, and stuff like that, and, and a bunch of other things that she requested. And to also Dominion hit them with a subpoena, and of course they're saying they're not going to comply. Well, you know, we knew this was coming, so I waited for S Senator Fan to uh, exhaust what she needed to do, and then, of course, I've got tired of it. Well, what happens when diplomacy breaks down with our government? What usually happens? You call in the Marines. <laughs> we call in the military. Okay, I'll take that one. Yeah, call in the Marines. But um, we had a nice piece of legislation that passed through in 2016. It was Senate Bill 1487. And at the time, uh, Senator Andy Biggs, well, he's the president of the Senate. Now he's in the U.S. House of Representatives representing Arizona, uh, I think, 9th District or 5th District or whatever. Um, anyway, uh, he passed, we passed this law that states if a county or city is, creates an ordinance or is not complying with state law, any legislator can request the attorney general to do an investigation. If the attorney general uh, concludes the investigation that they are in violation of state law or they, they have to rescind a, a, an ordinance that, that violates state law or contradicts, they have 30 days to remedy. In other words, fix it. If they don't, then the, the attorney general shall notify the state treasurer to withhold 10% of their state shared revenue. That's a financial sanction. Now, for Maricopa County, that's a little over $61 million. That's not peanuts, but it's still a sanction. Also, they can be charged with a crime because violation of a Senate subpoena is a class two misdemeanor. And of course, my request to the Attorney General had multiple, uh, I saw multiple counts and violations of the class two misdemeanor. So they can actually, hopefully they stack them up and they do it concurrently, not consecutively rather than concurrently. That'd be nice, but they could just do the, never mind, anyway. But, uh, so this is where we are right now. I hit, the, hit them with that last week. And on Friday, the Attorney General notified the county that this action is underway, an investigation is underway. And they have till the 20th of uh, August to, to respond. 
and then we'll, we'll go from there. Now, and that's jail time and a fine. It, it could be jail, so they could be they could be personally charged. I'm not sure about that. I'm not an attorney. I just play one on TV, but hopefully they can be charged with a with a crime, and that'd be nice because they're not showing contempt towards us, just the Senate. They're showing contempt towards the voters of Arizona. This is ridiculous. It comes down to this. We're going to get this done. Eventually, it's going to get done. Like Mark says, do we want speed or do we want accuracy? We need, we need accuracy because we got to make sure that our findings, whatever we find, is bulletproof because it's going to have to withstand any kind of court action. Bottom line is this. You have a right to scrutinize your elections. It's your, you have a First Amendment right to redress government. It's part of the First Amendment also. And for them to deny that and obstruct that is, is literally violation of their, of their own oath of office. And to not comply is a complete disrespect and contempt towards the people that we are sworn to serve. We serve at the consent of the governed. And if they have no faith and trust and confidence in the process and procedures, then what, we are no longer a republic. We're a banana republic. And a lot of blood, sweat, and tears went into establishing this country and doing this, and how much blood and treasure we spend overseas helping other countries get that right. Um, this just came out, uh, it's Gateway Pundit, it's by Larry Johnson, and what he said, he goes, one of Lindell, Mike Lindell's cyber experts bailed on the China hack theory earlier this week and spoke with the media, why now? He goes down to say the cyber expert on the red team hired by Mike Lindell now says the key data underpinning the theory that China had tacked our election unveiled at the cyber symposium as illegitimate. That's a lie, okay? China did it, okay? It's a lie, so we're deflecting this lie and we're checking into it. The red team's checking into this Larry Johnson. It sounds like he's CIA. 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 And um, is that correct? We say no. Right, that's the word we're getting. So we're gonna check out this Larry Johnson. And I just want to interrupt you because that's what they're out there. They're trying to, they're trying everything they can right now to destroy the message coming out of this summit or this summit. Okay. Yeah, thank ahead. you, Mike. I'll finish up with one thing. Um, all of this discussion has been primarily about Maricopa County. And I'm glad that Senator Rogers brought up the, no, the notion of nullification. Y'all know what nullification is? Okay. Yeah. Decertification. In Pima County, one of the documents that we received was from a burner email. A gentleman, perhaps a gentleman, I guess the uh, burner email could have been to throw off the, the message. Brian Watson, 000-2007 at gmail.com. Wherever Brian Watson is at, Brian tells us that he sat in a meeting with the Pima County Democrat Committee and they openly bragged about how they had inserted 35,000 fictitious votes into the system and would ensure that Donald Trump would not win Pima County. Now, I don't know about you, but if there are 35,000 fictitious votes installed into a system, the only reason that would happen is to nullify legitimate votes. So whoever that individual is, we don't know who it is for sure. We've tried to locate him. Thank you for having a moral compass to at least say something. My appeal to Americans that are watching this, no matter what your party affiliation is, if they're willing to do it to one party, one day they, they, they will do it to you. Yeah. 
if they want to tell people to sit down and shut up, one day they're going to tell you to sit down and shut up. That's what this is all about, ladies and gentlemen. You giving your consent to be governed, paper ballots, and hand tabulation. Amen. Yeah. Thank you very much. You know, we, we venture down this road, and when everybody's concerned, you're going to lose a lot of friends. And we're all going to lose a lot of friends that are going to be against this. But were they your friends? But they were really, really your friends. But just think, all the new friends and family members you just gained, because there are millions of us. Roger that. This has been um, kind of a fluid situation. We'll take it back to the stage. We got Alan Dershowitz ready to Skype in. And I, I want to tell you what this is concerning. Remember yesterday, they, uh, the cases against Dominion has sued over 200 people and, and uh, um, threatened them with threatening letters. And uh, we kind of see what happened here. And these people from Colorado are going to be coming on today. Uh, I believe, what are they deleting files from around the country? But... Alan's coming on. When our case went to um, before a judge in Washington D.C., uh, it's been now. It's been there now for about a month. I think maybe over a month. And they waited. That judge waited until yesterday to say you can move the case forward. Now, what this does to our free speech? I want Alan to talk to you about it. He had told me when I first got him on board. He said, "Mike, this is the most important case in history to our First Amendment right to free speech." So I am a liberal Democrat who cares more about the First Amendment than I do about partisan politics. We will have elections that will come and go, sometimes Republicans will win, sometimes Democrats will win. We can't have free speech for me, but not for thee. And the opinion yesterday, I believe, does considerable damage to freedom of speech. If you can't express opinions about a presidential election where tens of millions of people disagree with the outcome, I'm not among those people, but there are many who do. As an advocate of the First Amendment, I strongly support the right to disagree with the government, the right to disagree with politicians. One of the things that the judge said yesterday, in the opinion, is that the case can go forward against Mike and my pillow because there were people in Congress and the Attorney General and others who disagreed with him. And if they disagree with him, he should know he was wrong and they're right. That's not the way the First Amendment operates. Today, the First Amendment is being used as a sword, not a shield, uh, against uh, Mike Lindell and my pillow. Uh, tomorrow, it could be used against you and me. I grew up during McCarthyism when the First Amendment didn't protect people who were on the left. I was a student in college and I saw professors fired and other professors terrified to make statements that disagreed with the politically correct views of the day. Today, McCarthyism has become a tactic of the extreme left a tactic that's used to prevent people from expressing views different from those expressed by the government. So the case against Mike and, and my pillow will go forward, but it can only go forward if Dominion is now willing to show the world the mechanisms that it used. Because the claim is that Mike Lindell and my pillow made statements 
false. The only way to prove that is to look at the way Dominion operated its voting. Maybe they didn't, but we now have the right to look at that. But the more fundamental issue, and the issue that I'm in this case for, and the reason I agreed to become a lawyer in this case, is because I care deeply about the First Amendment. And the First Amendment today is in great danger. It's in great danger from corporations, from universities. It's in great danger from the social media, from YouTube and from Facebook and from Twitter that are censoring certain points of view and not other points of view. And now we have the court and the government engaged in censorship as well, because the court yesterday put its imprimatur on censorship by allowing this case to go forward. It should never have been allowed to go forward against Mike Lindell and MyPillow, because they expressed views which not only in my opinion, but in the opinion of other eminent constitutional scholars who are with me on the briefs, are completely protected by the First Amendment. I was a law clerk back in 1963 and 1964 when the case of New York Times versus Sullivan was decided. I helped draft one of the concurring opinions in New York Times versus Sullivan. And I firmly believe that what Mike Lindell said and what was quoted in the opinion yesterday was fully protected by the First Amendment. If you disagree with it, write an article, speech, condemn him, attack him, do all of those things. That's all protected by the First Amendment. But do not censor him, because if you censor him, you are weakening the First Amendment. And whatever is true of Mike Lindell and MyPillow's ability to speak is true of your ability to speak. Today, again, it's the election. Tomorrow, it might be health and the vaccines and other issues, other controversial issues. It will be China. It will be Iran. It will be future elections. And yesterday was a bad day for the First Amendment. And I'm here to tell you that I hope that tomorrow and the tomorrows that follow will be good days for the First Amendment, because Mike, hopefully, and MyPillow will win their cases going forward and will establish a nation that cannot censor debate about elections. If you disagree, disagree, but don't censor. If you're confident of your views, if Dominion is confident that it's right, the last thing it should do is sue. If you're confident you're right, go into the marketplace. Persuade people in the marketplace of ideas, but don't shut down the marketplace. And that's what happened yesterday. It was shut down. The marketplace of ideas was shut down. But we will continue to fight for the First Amendment. The First Amendment needs breathing room. There needs to be opportunities to argue against the government, to argue against conventional positions. And I will be there defending the First Amendment until as long as the good Lord gives me the strength to fight for the First Amendment. And it doesn't matter to me whether I'm fighting for a conservative or a liberal, for a Republican or a Democrat, for a Trump supporter or an anti-Trump supporter. I fight for the First Amendment for all. And when you take away the First Amendment from Mike Lindell, you're taking it away from every American. So I urge you to fight back and to fight in defense of the First Amendment, freedom of speech, 
and our constitutional rights. Thank you. This is not over. This is just the beginning. Thank you, Dylan. God bless you. Thanks a lot. The, uh, I'll tell you, you talk about it, uh, let's start with Fox. Shame on Fox. They're, that's the, they're the best example we have this week. When the, last week when they wouldn't even uh, put up the ad for this event. Only one in the country turned it down. You know, and that's, your, that's all your bad media left, ABC, CBS, and shut it down. That's, their first, that's, that's part of it. First Amendment rights for free speech. And that's why we have frankspeech.com. You know, they're still attacking out there. I get this thing from the, from the fact, Facebook fact checkers going, asking about the data. He, apparently he didn't watch the beginning of the show today. You know, Martin, if you're out there watching and Alan Duke, hey, you need to, re, you need to watch, you, need to, you should have watched the whole thing to get all the facts before you're starting to attack again. And, and instead of everybody, like he did, Alan just said, instead of attack, talk about it, he, Dominion. And I said, you know, before, all your states, all 50 states that are represented here need to go back to your states. And at least you paid for these. We paid for these machines in our country. All, and it's all machines, not just Dominion. Go back there and demand that your state look at the machines. It's that simple. Go back and say, well, open up your machines. What are they going to do? Are they going to sue every man, woman, and child in this country? Are we going to let them do that? It's crazy what they're doing. They just told, Ellen said they hadn't done it. He, hadn't, he told me when he first came on, they hadn't done it since 1798. But that's what they do. You take away that First Amendment right of free speech and you have nothing. We don't have a voice. And the media has done it to me every way. Attack. And you heard him up there. You heard, what did he say? He said, at least you want to you talk to Mike, attack you, Mike, whatever you want to do, but do something. Let him talk. That's where I say all the bad media, at least they attack me and I get to talk. Right? I get to say, they'll put little snippets in there. I got a kind of a deal with them all. You quote me on this and you can attack me all the way around it. Now today it's different. They're not even calling me before they're attacking. You know, they're not even calling to say, hey, Mike, did you, you know, ask me questions. No, they're just digging in because they want something covered up. They want something covered up. They're not, not all my left, left wing media, call it left wing media, they're not calling. The one that just called though was, or that reached out was, the Facebook fact checkers that do more damage than anyone in our country. They cover up an opinion on Facebook and Twitter. We all learned yesterday from Dr. Sheba, who was right at the bottom of that, um, Twitter, right? You know, and this is what they're doing. It's all, you know, you ask yourself, once again, I'm gonna appeal to the journalists out there. You know, we are, you're attacking our first amendment right of free speech. Fox, where are you? Where are you, Fox? They got a voice around the, around the world. You know what, if they're not, not gonna let us talk, why should we watch them? I'm serious, why should we watch them? Why should we watch them? Watch OAN, watch Newsmax. Watch what you can get the truth, you can hear the truth, you, at least you can, whether it's the truth or the not truth, at least you can hear people. You can hear us. I appeal right now, don't anybody watch Fox, go to OAN and Newsmax. We got to start doing it that way, play their game. 
all the box stores that came after my pillow, from Costco to Bed Bath & Beyond to Kohl's, all these stores out there, shame on you. You were part of this, part of suppressing it, the cancel culture. I was front and center, every box store, every shopping channel from QVC to HSN, Shop HQ in Minnesota, all of them. Now, did they, were they cowards? Yeah, they were cowards, but they, you know, but they didn't want to be living in fear. Well, you know what? If, if, you know, they, they better stand up right now. Maybe they should apologize to our country, all of them. I'll put a list up. I get done with here, I'm, now that I'll frank speech for the voice, I'm gonna list off every box store. Costco tried to slide under the radar. When they did it, I had people that worked, families that worked at Costco Shores for like 11 day road shows. That's all they had. They went show to show for years for Costco. And they said, they didn't cancel right away. They said, we're gonna honor our contract. As Soon as they, it was kind of quiet on the box stores canceling, Costco comes out and cancels us. All them people lost their jobs immediately. Now we had to look for other jobs for them. I had to come up with stuff they could do and pay them because I didn't want to lose their livelihood, their jobs because of Costco, the cancel culture. This is what we're up, it's, it's, it's across the thing and it's fear. They came in and put fear into our country. You cancel your first amendment and you have nothing. You have people living in fear. They're not gonna stand up or guess what? They're gonna get attacked and canceled. That's what this whole election was about. All the way to January 6th or January 6th. Now anyone that said, wanted to say anything about the election, you better shut up or you're gonna be brought away because you were part of something on January 6th. And the media just did it, put into it. There's still people in jail for that, in prison, I guess. I, I, I don't know for the fact, but I believe there is. You don't hear about it. You don't hear about, you know, anything about that. I think it's strange you don't hear about that other than they're building up to see. What are they building up? They're gonna come and get us all? People that weren't even there, I wasn't there. They keep, you know, that's a, what a blessing because they would have said, you were near there, you were near there, we're hauling you in. They would have been the first one, I'd still be in jail with them. If it happened to them, these people, it could happen to you. Nobody knows what happened there, really knows because they don't show us. Just think of that suppression. They don't show us anything. You seen all that stuff that day? It's just, it's bizarre. But you know what? They can feed us anything they want if they cancel our voice. What Alan just said there, if you're only hearing one side, here's a liberal Democrat. That's why he told me, Mike, this is it. He said that that case, it's not because win or lose the case. That judge let it go forward. He let it go forward. You know, that's just, by doing that, now you can sue for anything. You're gonna sue, you said something wrong, I don't like what you said, I'm gonna sue you. That's where we're at, that has to be right. That will be the most important case. But that case, that's a dominion delay. They're gonna try and delay this, and delay and delay, that's their game of lawfare. Delay it for a year, two years. Our country's gone by then. All they gotta do is get past 2022, then you won't have any, it's boom, there. That's why I say, the one thing, if you get out of here, you're, all 50 states are here, you need to go back and if you push one thing, get, tell the machines, open up those machines and let's see what's inside them. Open up those routers, open up. We demand it as a people. If you have nothing to hide, then open it up. And that's what we gotta do. And we have to do that. And we're gonna have the, re the re rest of our, a lot of our program now, we're gonna dive into Dominion, the stuff they're hiding. You're gonna see those people this afternoon, last night at 10 o'clock. That guy, that guy he, he didn't do anything in Colorado. His house got raided at 10.30 by the government, came in his house and took everything in front of his four kids while he was here. 
They're attacking Tina, Tina Peters as we speak too. This is, this is all the stuff that happened with here. Everybody you see, they've sued Dominion and Newsmax. Then they do this. I'm attacked, physically attacked last night. Why? Because, I, because I'm up here saying, hey, we got a problem? Show me Dominion, then just open it up. I got all this evidence, they compromised that. So you know what, so here, now maybe they'll quit attacking me physically, because I'm gonna give it to these guys, these red, red line, let them red team them, take them to take care of it. Maybe I'd be protected. You know what I had to do for three months? I had to get on the bad news and say, hey, I'm not in Minnesota to protect my family. I couldn't go home for three months and see my grandchildren. I had to buy a house, a house that was in a protected gated community when I had other houses where nobody knew what I would be. That, that took about a week and people see me and then the report goes out. You know, these guys, it, it's very evil, everybody. But I'll tell you what, we cannot live in fear. We've all got to get engaged. What we talked yesterday, the ground up, we got to do it. Hey you guys, I'm going to see you in a while. I got to take care of another attack that we're having right now as we speak. And you're going to see today, you're going to see the, they're going to have them up from Colorado, the attacks they're under right now for the stuff that Dominion's out there doing, just covering up and trying to, the absolute cover up. It's like a race we're in here. They're out there just, you know, you talk about a race against time. That's what we're in. I'm Mark Cook. And I'm Sean Smith. This draws this diagram. So. Okay. So what we did is we were asked to put together a mock election system and Sean was kind enough to procure, procure the actual model of scanner that's used in his home state for elections and then a Dell all-in-one system that is the exact same scanner tabulator, tabulator yep. that is used in his home state and then uh, Mark wrote some scripts that pulled those uh, ballot images into a counting program. We had support from uh, someone offsite that did the um, OCR, optical character recognition I really want to, I wouldn't really want to give her credit, but I didn't ask her if I could name her, so. Yeah. We, but she's awesome. She's she is awesome. great. Yeah. And so we put this all together, and this is the, this is the small diagram of what we had in the room for people to come in and, and, and see. So. We had the voters fill out ballots, and then the ballots went through the ballot scanner. Everything was connected to a central switch because all of our computers were networked together. They were not connected to the internet, but they were networked together. And then the uh, switch sent the information to the tabulation server where all of our voters were allowed to see their votes come in and confirm that it matched what we had hand counted prior to the scan. And then we said, well, that would be where your vote would end normally, unless we had a vicious hacker on the system that was able to send a change. Uh, then we had another, a little bit more magic go on, but we actually allowed everyone to audit their votes afterwards. And I think they were kind of surprised about their events. We did have a, um, a PCAP sniffer on there so that we we were monitoring all of the traffic but the traffic unless you knew what was going on it looked very similar to the traffic that was coming from the ballot scanner to the tabulation server and we did have a wireless router because we were going to we were going to have the the hacker on the wireless router to make it look more realistic and we had the wireless router in for about 10 minutes and two of you 
from, not one, two of you from the audience hacked in. One went in and actually modified some of the software, and the other one went in and changed my administrative password on the router in 10 minutes. So it wasn't very secure at all. But um, I'll let, let everybody else talk now. Let me just say to be clear, so the tabulation server and the EMS server that was connected to it, the election management system, neither one was connected to the internet. None of them were connected to the internet. They had open ports and that wireless router, and it could have been one of the landline routers, but that wireless router was a vulnerability. And somebody with no prior knowledge found it with a scan and penetrated all the way through and modified system settings on multiple components on our little network. So we had to shut down the wireless router because otherwise we couldn't run the demo. So there's one difference between us and a regular election system back in your home state is they just keep running it. <laughs> we actually detected the intrusion and did something about it. Because and we're monitoring it the entire time. And we were able to look in our logs and actually see when the intrusion happened and where it came from. And we found the individuals responsible for it because we were actively monitoring our election system during the election. Yeah, after, after the system was up for like 10 minutes and we did see the two intrusions, our excellent IIT security staff was able to identify the make and model of the phone that was used to hack the system within like two minutes after that, which everyone with a quality security staff should be able to do. Critical to know that it was a cell phone that was used to hack our election. Two. That's all it took, two cell phones. Not an expensive mainframe, not expensive server, not a whole bunch of hackers. It's just a couple people with a couple cell phones sitting over here when our stuff was over there. So what we'll do now is we'll roll a video of the mock election in case you've missed it so you can actually watch one happen and then we'll explain some of the details behind it and then we'll ask if you guys have any questions. It's an election system of a voting system. So what you have is the scanner tabulated computer that it's connected to that receives the scanned image and tabulates it, an election management server that is receiving what's transferred from the scanner tabulator and storing it in a SQL database. And when, you, when the information is transferred, you'll be able to look overhead and see the information transferring between the two systems in the packet capture right there. So you can see that because it's being captured en route by this PCAP sniffer. So packet capture sniffer, and it's displaying what it's seeing. So let's show you that first. Let's start with voting. You come into a voting center, you follow the instructions and fill in one and only one bubble completely. Then you drop your ballot into the ballot box, face down, your privacy is maintained, and now it's dissociated from you. We don't know who, who voted. It's not like a credit card. You use a credit card, they know who did it. They can call you and ask you if it was your charge. Once you voted and walked away, nobody knows whose ballot this is. That becomes important later. So now the county staff, probably an election judge, maybe with observers, takes that ballot. They stick it into a scanning system just like this. And this is the exact same scanner being used by a lot of voting system companies in the United States. For example, in my home county in El Paso County, Colorado, they're using this exact scanner. Not this one. This one's mine, but the same model. <laughs> and then they scan it into the system. Scanner comes on, they'll probably do a batch of 100 at a time. We finish that process, it appears in this folder, it's ready to be transferred from the scanner and tabulator over to the election management server. 
Now I'm going to double click on this process, which would probably be automated on an actual voting system. This was just written up by these guys. This was all coded by these guys. What you're seeing right now are keep alive. So there's no packets being transferred. This is just the machines saying, are you there? And the other one's saying, yeah, are you there? And the other one's saying, yeah. And so then I double click, and now the ballot is being transferred. That's right, and the ballot's being transferred now, and you saw the packets flow in between the two systems. And you also see it down on this screen, which is just a smaller version of the upper screen. So this is our election management server. And what we're going to do here is I'm going to click on this execute button, which runs this little script. And this little script just told, tells us what's in the database. So is that your vote? OK, sounds good. So that would be the end of it if this was a, a fair and free election here. But what happens between the time that that is cast and the time the vote's been certified, the hacker shows up here. And this could be a system that's connected wirelessly. It could be connected by ethernet cable over the internet in every, any fashion. And this hacker can use some very simple software, SQL Server Management Studio, that they can download for free from Microsoft even. They can write a little script here. And so I've written a little script. And this is connected in, actually, through to this database server over here. And when I execute this script, I'm going to inject votes into the database. This is how easy it is. So what I'm doing is I'm injecting four CNN votes. And you'll be able to watch it here, too. So when I click this mouse button, you're going to see those packets flash through. And there they are, right here. SQL batch, response SQL batch. So we just captured those packets of the four votes that were injected into the database over on the database server. So now we go over to the database server. And if I execute this same script again to see what's in the database, now we have four more votes that are in there. So instead of, instead of my one vote, now there's four votes. Uh, yeah, four more votes. And, and yeah, yeah, total of five votes now. And there we go. So we have a total for Facebook, five, and Twitter, zero. So I voted Facebook one time. You guys were able to make it go from one to five. Exactly. Added four more votes with the click of a button. Very easy. That's all it takes. Are you satisfied? Do you think it was a, a fair election? No, it was a, uh, I'm satisfied with your demonstration, but no, it was not a fair election. Okay. Would you like an audit? Yes, I'd like an audit. We should probably do an audit. Let's go back to the paper ballots. Let's count them and see how many paper ballots we got. Let's see. One for Facebook. We've got another one for Facebook. And three, another. There's three. Four. And five. There's one for Twitter and wait, one wait, for wait, Facebook. One, wait a minute. Does that match our tally? No. Do we have any votes in there? We have no votes in there. No, zero votes for Twitter. Huh. How did a vote for Twitter get in there that's not reflected in this tally? How did it? That's a good question. I have no idea. And, and just like any other election, if you don't watch every aspect of the election like a hawk, there is an opportunity for votes to be inserted or deleted. There's an opportunity for ballots to be inserted or deleted. So, for example, if you have ballot drop boxes with cameras that are theoretically on them and yet the video isn't watched constantly, there's no alarm system that tells them when the system's been opened, or you receive the ballots and there's no way to verify they were cast by an eligible voter, or they are verified through signature verification, but the machine does the signature verification, or an election judge does a signature verification, 
except that they're doing it with a database that was populated that's just as insecure as the voting machines themselves. So if those are our safeguards, then we don't have safeguards. I don't even remember that last part. <laughs> it. The advantage of not lying is that you don't have to remember things, I guess. And if anyone wants to see the source code, we've opened it up for anyone to look at because we feel that everyone, every citizen, should not only be able to examine the source code for their voting systems, but also every aspect of it, because we have nothing to hide. That's right. We've done, we've done, I think, 15 of these or 16 of these demos, and every single time the voters wanted to audit, they and they did. were able to audit it for themselves. I feel confident in saying we now have the most audited election system in the country. Every one of our elections that we had was audited. In fact, we were happy to audit the elections because we wanted to prove the validity of the data. Had, citizens got to inspect the ballots. Yeah, we had one audit and this one lady, she, I, don't, I don't see her, but she was very meticulous. She came over, she took all the ballots, she put them in her hand, she flipped them over to see if you could equally see the markers or pen marks going through, and she laid them all out, and then she looked at us, and she just looked so confused. It was, it was, yeah, it we was got, incredible. I think, so the most, the most poignant reaction is we had somebody, she's probably out here, I hope I won't embarrass her, but we had somebody move to tears. Um, and honestly, if you're not upset, if you're not upset, you either don't care or you're not paying attention. If, yep. you're not, if you're not pissed off, you're not paying attention. True. So um, what we did at the end is, in order to add the additional ballots in, someone, while people weren't looking, just physically put them in. They stuffed the ballots in order to match the count. And not a single person in the past two days saw it happen, and they were two feet away. Can you imagine how anyone else is expected to know if someone stuffs ballots in. Behind when, cardboard boxes. Exactly, when, when they're not even there. These people were two feet away. They knew it was a mock election. They knew we were trying to demonstrate things. Not a single person noticed it. And we have a lot of very smart people here. Yes, we do. We only had one voter that time fill out a ballot. But most of the time, we would have 10 or 12 voters in there at a time. And, uh, and the first thing we would do before we ran the ballots through the machine and demonstrated all that was we would do a hand count of the paper ballots. The hand count of the paper ballots at the beginning was never wrong. The ballots never left chain of custody. The voters never took their eyes off them. They got to watch the count happen, and they knew the tally was right at the end, and they could verify it for themselves. We could do that across the country right now. We used to do that. And if we had been doing that, this election and all the discussion about it would have been done in about two days. There are elections. It's not up to the vendors. It's not up to the elected officials that won't stand with the citizens. It's up to us. Yeah. And we can do it. We can go home and demand it. And we should. Texas citizens didn't all demand wind turbines. They had a regulatory environment that suppressed other kinds of and restricted other kinds of energy generation. And they had a grant and funding structure that pushed them towards that. And that's how they ended up with wind turbines and solar that they were dependent on that almost crashed their grid. All our elected officials didn't just wake up and decide they wanted electronic voting systems and mail-in voting. For sure, there were some who did. Citizens for sure didn't demand it, but they sold it to everybody with convenience and efficiency and cost effectiveness. 
when is our government concerned about efficiency and cost effectiveness? Is this really the place in elections? This is where we're going to cut corners and save some money? How about we just do it right? How about 100% integrity and then we'll take care of any efficiency that we can afford after that? It'd be far cheaper to actually have a fair and free election than to deal with fraud like this that's turned the whole country into this over the past year. This is absurd. Are we going to do this every two years or four years? We can't do this. This is BS. But we can fix it. We have a path forward. We can fix it right now. It's, and the answer is we have to get rid of electronic voting systems. What he asked was, will we always see SQL batch in the packet capture if there is a manipulation? And the answer to that is no. It depends on the type of manipulation. So what we did is we connected directly to the SQL server to make a change, which would be pretty easy to do, and I think that's probably one of the paths that a hacker may choose. Uh, they could choose a number of different ways. They could get into the election management server by means of other entrance points that are left open and then actually do that within the server. So what we did is we captured at the network level. We didn't capture at the server level. And in order to get a, a, an internal uh, hack within the server, we would have had to also monitor there. So what, what should happen if we really want, if we're going to have to use electronic voting systems even for a little bit longer, what we can what we can do and should do is we should collect packet captures from every machine so we should collect them from the entrance point from the internet we should on the network itself on every device that's connected to the routers and switches we should also collect packets from every single machine that is on the network, including all the devices that are connected to it, the scanners as well. If they're connected by network, we insert a sniffer in between. So we monitor it at every possible point. So no matter where they come in, we find the trace of it. That's what really should be done before anyone is able to use an electronic voting system and again. That just, and that just covers land, right? That just covers hard connections. Then you get into wireless. So if you had a phone that happened to be nearby a voting center, it could pipe the internet from your phone through Bluetooth into one of the devices on the electronic voting system network, and it could provide an internet connection from someone walking by or in an alley to the entire election management system. It's easy to do that, and it, it may very well be happening. Everybody's heard of the Pegasus? Have you heard of Pegasus? So Pegasus was software that was remotely installed on people's phones by an intelligence agency. And, and it was no click. In other words, they could send you a text message. You don't have to click on anything in the text message and it installs whatever it wants on your phone. The servers, so some of the servers being used, like back in my home state, in my home county, in El Paso County, Colorado, the server for our voting system uses a Dell R630 PowerEdge server. That PowerEdge server in the bezel has near-field communication capability. Your phone has near-field communication capability. Somebody could walk by the server front with a cell phone that has been compromised and be transmitting into the server for the election system, and they would never know it. And one of the things that we did that was exactly like some of the uh, commercial voting systems is that we didn't verify the network before we began the election that it only had the IP addresses or the actual computers that should be on it. There was no, we didn't detect that this vicious hacker had installed themselves and was communicating. 
However, if we were monitoring each of the machines, as Mark had said, then we could have seen an IP, we could have flagged communication from a device that was not in the original design to stop things immediately. But that wasn't, that, that's not done normally either. And it's cheap to do that. It would not cost much to do it. No. I suspect a lot of our public officials are decent people. You know, honest people. And that, honestly, is the problem. Because decent and honest people do not anticipate what dishonest and indecent people will do. That's true. You know, you don't even see it coming. Right? So we, if we go and start talking about these vulnerabilities, it's like we're talking in a foreign language because everyone else, the, the professional associations, the secretaries of state and their staff in many cases, the vendors, they get all this reinforcement, the real disinformation, telling them that it was secure, right? This was the most secure election in US history, right? By what metric? Which one of those guys saying that went and looked at even a single piece of equipment? If you're not looking for the fraud and vulnerability, you'll never find it. And anybody who is telling you that these systems are secure is a liar or a fool. Not, not a fool in the sense of like a jester, but they've been fooled. They've been fooled. If you haven't been fooled, all you have to do to change the course of history is go back and tell your public officials what you want. Tell other citizens what you know and demand what is our birthright. But I remember when I was a young engineer, I had this absolutely wonderful mentor, and he would teach me something, and then I'd have a problem, and I'd get stuck on it, and I'd work, 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 and he'd come over and he goes, oh, you just do this, and the problem would be solved. And I'd say, how? And he'd say, just because I trained you everything you know doesn't mean I trained you everything I know. And I truly think that's the way the Dominion training is done as well, because even though they train the people on the staff, the systems that they, pro that they provide are so intentionally and unnecessarily complicated that it obfuscates a lot of the things that go on. What we hear over and over again is that, oh, we've got the paper ballots, right? We're secure. We've got that safeguard, the paper ballots. They've never, never gone back and verified all the paper ballots. What they did in Maricopa is the best audit that has ever been done on an election in the world. And they showed it all. They showed it all on TV for everybody to watch. That's never been done. If it's a safeguard, why can't we see it? Our Secretary of State, like a lot of Secretaries of State, is busy trying to keep us from getting access to do the verification ourselves, our election. The only reason they're required to keep the records is so that we can see it for ourselves. They have mistaken themselves for rulers and they are supposed to be servants. And we're going to explain it to them. Why won't they let us see this? What is the big secret? But what, what about a, a system kind of like our standardized tests we take in school where you fill in the bubble and it's it's counted by a, a tabulator that's not connected to the internet. Got it, okay. Yes, the systems could be greatly simplified and those tabulators could just be counters only. Just counters to assist counting, not connected to the internet, no physical way to even connect to a network. They could just be dumb counters and that is all, which may help people count faster than doing it by hand. And that could easily be done. 
The other thing that I found odd that, that I thought of when you said that is these computers that the election voting systems or electronic voting systems are using, they all have USB ports and COM ports and Firewire ports maybe and, and Bluetooth. They have all these ports that you can connect to other things. What I found very, very odd when I've seen some of these up close is that these ports are left open. So anyone could walk by and just stick a USB modem in any of them in the back of a computer, leave it there overnight, and then nonchalantly the next day, pull, pull it back out again. They, they, they could at least put some security tape over them. Or what I would do if it were me and I was forced to use that equipment, I would take epoxy and I would squirt epoxy into each of those holes so there's no way anyone could ever use them again because there's under no circumstance should anything need to be plugged into them. I would epoxy the whole thing so they couldn't even open up the case. But what's odd is they're almost left in a state that they're completely open in every possible way. If we're supposed to have a safe system, why on earth do they leave so many vulnerabilities open? And these people are not stupid. They're, they're talking about encryption and, and all the security that they built into their software, but then they leave a USB port wide open where anyone can just plug anything they want into it. They could change all the code on the computer. I mean, give me a break. I've been doing IT for 30 years. That's IT 101. If you don't have physical security, you have nothing. And these guys have left every possible opening open. These systems are mostly built overseas before they're loaded with the proprietary software from the vendors. We don't have any supply chain security if they're built overseas. You don't know what's built into them. And, and you can look this up on the internet. I think it was 2018. You know, Amazon and Apple are pretty serious about their security. It's their business, right? If they don't have security, if they don't own their data, they don't have a business. And yet, they bought motherboards that were assembled in the People's Republic of China by a company called Supermicro that had inserted a device on those motherboards that looked like a power coupler. In other words, it wasn't supposed to be a transmitter, but it was. And they were getting the data offboarded, sent away from their servers. They had to find it on their own. Nobody is looking inside our voting machines. And even if they did, what would they look for? Are they going to inspect every diode? Are they going to inspect every circuit? These computers have processors in them that have the equivalent of 60, 70 billion transistors. They're microscopic circuits embedded permanently in layers of an integrated chip. How are you going to inspect them to see if they're clean? You can't do it. It can't be done. The systems are too complex. Even good people, honest people, do not have the capability to see that these systems are secure. And the, the safeguards Mark is talking about those are the basics and they won't be enough. We could do all of that and it could just be, you know, a Potemkin village. It could just be a false front, a placebo that reassures us that we've done what we could. And I think that's what a lot of people do. Sean was telling me that he bought this scanner and this scanner, put, we put the ballots in and it goes through and it counts it. The ballot scanner also has printing functionality. So maybe the ballot goes in with one bubble filled in and comes out with a different bubble filled in or two bubble filled in, so it goes to adjudication. Or a stray mark. Or a stray mark. Why is that even in there? There's no, there's no rational reason, why, for, to my mind, why that should even be in there, and yet it's standard in all of the ones that are used for counting in his county. Do you guys know where our voting systems are made? At least one of the main manufacturers. So that's a picture of a box in a voting center in a warehouse 
where all the equipment for the electronic voting systems was and came out of. I think everyone here can read. I saw that and my heart sank. Most secure election in history, right? Are we too stupid to make our own stuff? I don't think so. I don't think it's cost savings from the bills I've seen. I don't think so either. Hello, thank you. Uh, Two-part two question. That example that you gave of the hacker being able to go in and change the, increase it from one vote to five votes with Facebook and Twitter, is that an example of an algorithm? And then two, so were you showing us an algorithm? Well, I mean, an algorithm, that's a word for a set of steps that take you to a result. So, I mean, by that definition, so, so it was. If, if we we're going to explain an algorithm, it would be that done repeatedly. <coughs> so basically what it is, is what I did, I just hard coded an extra four votes. Real right. simple, right? right? So what would have been done or could have been done by someone that wanted to, let's say, hit a particular target percentage, they may have looked to determine in real time uh, what the current count was. And what they might want to do is maybe stop counting for a second so they could see how many votes are in the database. Who would do such a thing? I don't know. No one would ever do that, right? Yeah, I've, I've never known anyone to stop counting votes. Anyway, so they might stop counting votes. They might look in all the databases to see all across the country to see exactly how many votes they need to put where one they know computer they, looking across yeah, the whole country? The whole country. Who would do such a thing? I don't think anyone would, would they? No. That's what I heard. But right. They could, they could actually do that. It would be very... All, all, in all the states. They it, could. it may be very simple to do that, actually. You know, because I think computers are connected to each other somehow, and there's the internet. Thank you. And yeah. follow-up question to that, then. Is, well, I'm, I'll finish explaining the rest yeah. of this. So the algorithm, how that would work, is it would look to see how many votes would be needed, it would calculate that and then it might send instructions like a command and control and it might send instructions to each of those systems to put in those number of votes. But part of the algorithm also might be to take a look at the voter rolls to make sure they don't put in more votes than there are registered voters because that might just raise a flag. And that might take a while, like an hour? Might take a while, yeah, and, and a little bit of computing power to see where to put the votes for all that. Then they might inject those votes and they might even know that someone might call for ballot inspections and audits. So they might say, ugh, we only have like 400 ballots, but we have now 650 votes. So we may need to backfill some of those ballots and stuff those in. So just in case someone doesn't audit, they count those. And theoretically, that would be very, very easy to do. But in order for them to do that, they would probably need a couple hours overnight and They'd have to then transport the ballots. Probably in a truck. In a truck, yeah. maybe. Um, and there'd probably be a lot of them, so they might need to be in a, a pallet of some sort to make it easy to transport. Um, yeah, and funny enough, I don't have the other picture up there, but I did see when I was in this voting center in the ballot storage room a pallet of ballots dated 12-5 of 2020. But the election was on 11-3, so... I'm sure I, it's human error. It's got to be human error. Maybe someone just miswrote it on the, pack, the pallet of ballots, all of them. I don't know. Yeah. On all of them, yeah.
in our states if that has been done, anything like that, retroactively, or you have to catch it in real time? It can be caught retroactively, uh, most likely, with a full forensic audit. And what you have to do is you count the real paper ballots, right? We have to discern what is a fake ballot and what is a real ballot. And, and inspect them forensically. And inspect them forensically. And I'll tell you, if you have a mail-in ballot that has never been folded, but yet apparently was mailed, but yet the post office has no proof of mailing it, that might be suspect. Just maybe. Or even if it's been folded and the envelope doesn't have a postmark on it? Yeah, no postmark on the envelope. That's weird. How do you mail stuff without a postmark? It was, it was death by a thousand cuts. That's what this was. Every single aspect of the election belongs to the people. Every contract, every communication, every order, every message, every single part of it belongs to the citizens. And anybody who stands in your way from auditing that for yourselves and seeing for yourselves is standing against the Republic. Every single person. There's not a good reason to keep citizens from auditing their own elections. Our elected officials should demand it, our citizens should demand it, and every single public official that stands opposed to it is suspect in my mind. Yeah, if someone is bold enough to try to actually manipulate our elections, to steal the votes of the American people, do you think they're concerned about any law at all, or any of us? Absolutely not. They don't care. They mock us. They laugh at us. It is a show. And they look down on us like nothing. We, we are nothing to them. That's why the more good people need to band together. We do. We sat for a long time very comfy on our couches, right? Everything was really good for a long time, we thought. And we thought other people were going to take care of this for us, and we didn't have to do it. And what we found out is... Yeah, they were very busy behind the scenes, and they knew that, and they took our comfort and used it to their advantage. And here's, here's where we are now. But it's not too late, and we need to start thinking about running for those offices. Yeah. Us, we yeah. have to start running for them. Yeah. There's only two right now supposedly accredited voting system testing labs. There were only two last year. There were only two the year before. If they tested it and they missed it, you know, like they missed the functionality issue down in Georgia where they tried to assert then that the software change to fix that was a de minimis change. It's the same people. How, how many times are you gonna trust them? So, so I don't know specifically about the DS200s, but I know our election officials aren't allowed to crack open the systems and see if they have modems in it. It almost doesn't matter if it was ordered on it, it could be inserted on it. And they would never know. They could come out and do an update and slide a modem in. Plus, anyone could just plug one into a USB port or any other port. That's true. There, there are people who could say to me, trust me, or wouldn't even have to say it, and I'd trust them, right? There are people I trust. When somebody tells you trust you instead of allowing you to look, yeah, absolutely not. Most, absolutely and not. most of the people I trust were the ones that say, look and back check me. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I'd be frightened if I was an election official and I had to certify an election that I didn't even have real access to. I would have a huge problem. Supposedly, the Department of Homeland Security's SISA uh, uh, has installed what are called Albert sensors at lots of places to monitor. They're called Albert sensors. So supposedly, DHS has got access to traffic 
in and out of the networks that might be connected to our voter, our voting and voter registration systems. But I haven't heard a peep out of DHS about it. So either they don't have the data or they're not willing to tell us about the data. I don't know what we have them for if they're not going to serve us. Uh, other than, I guess, to tell us how secure everything is. Where, where is that data? I would really like to know. If our federal government puts sensors in to monitor packets on our elections, why aren't they giving those to us? Where are they? I, I'm very curious about that. The other thing that kind of worries me is that they're putting these Albert sensors in to all these places. How do they know those things don't have vulnerabilities? Because how easy would that be to say, all right, we need to put these Albert sensors in to monitor everything and someone know of some type of an exploit in the Albert sensor and get in through that. You know, you guys all heard about the SolarWinds hack, right? Do you guys know what SolarWinds is? SolarWinds is a, an IT security company. They give software to IT people to secure networks. The hack came in through their own product. So the very product that these companies purchased to secure their networks is exactly the product that was used to hack into their networks. Which that is, is absolutely so frightening. Yeah. And I don't, I'm not saying SolarWinds was in on it, but all they had to do was make one mistake. And that could happen, and it did. So these Albert sensors could be exactly the same thing. There may be something accidental on them that allows this. So those really, if they're being inserted into our voting systems, are they part of the certification as well? Have the Albert sensors been certified? I highly doubt it, but I would love someone to prove that they have, and I'd love someone to prove they actually exist and they work, and I would like to see those packets that our federal government apparently captured in those jurisdictions. And nobody's talking about it from the government. I don't know how hard Mr. Barr looked, but, but it couldn't have been very hard if he didn't find fraud. And it, the other thing I wanna say is, people are gonna try to sell you and elected officials on newer computers, right? We got, we're gonna get a newer, better computer, and this is gonna fix it. It's even but, more secure than the securest. Yeah, it's secure. Right. So my watch has more computing power than we went to the moon with. Right? The Apollo capsules did not have this much computing power. You can do a lot with just a very little bit of code. We don't know what they're doing, but it's not trying to be secure. If you were trying to be secure, you'd have a lot less computing power. You'd have a lot less software, and you'd be able to look at all of it for yourself. But that's not what's happening. And they're going to try to sell us on newer computers, on mobile and remote voting. Nobody's got a secure phone. They had to take the phone away from the president because his phone wasn't secure. If they can't secure his phone, they're not going to secure your phone. And if your phone's not secure, no vote on your phone is secure. And I don't care what they tell you about blockchain or anything else. Everybody is not an IT professionals, and most of the IT professionals are not good enough to even detect, let alone stop or do something about a nation state level threat. If our elections are not at risk from, from a nation state level threat, what is? It's the most lucrative, desirable target in the world. It is the fate of nations. That's our elections. We know they're a target. Our own government said they're a target. And yet our own government is still telling us these systems are secure and they are not. They cannot be. And if I'm lying, prove it. Take your voting systems and your, your election registration systems Tell them, you're telling me it's secure? Take it out to DEF CON and hand it over to the <laughs> hackers in Las Vegas. Give them 10 minutes and see if your system isn't playing, you know, 
an Atari video game when you come back. It would it be okay for multiple users to share the same usernames and passwords and badges to access a system? Let's say they were adjudicating our ballots. Would it, that be okay in a system that would have to pass PCI compliance? Absolutely not. And only certain users or groups would be able to access. I'd have firewalls around that stuff. Uh, you would allow only certain IPs through with certain uh, port. Everything would be encrypted. Uh, I mean, yeah, this would be child's play for a hacker. Absolutely. What about using the same passwords for multiple <laughs> different systems? Absolutely not. And I use a password safe on my phone because I can't remember the hundreds that I've got. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't even, I don't think they'd pass PCI. You know what happened when they cracked open the machine in Michigan? They found a modem that they were assured was not in it. I've been assured by public officials in my state that there are no wireless modems no. in our systems. And I've looked up the configuration for myself to see them. And it was only because the serial numbers were published that I was able to do that. If it wasn't for that, we'd never know because they don't allow us access. They're not allowed by contract to open them up and they blocked every single effort, effort to get an audit of the machines. This is happening across the country. We've got some good public officials that have tried to share information with us and you've seen some of them over the last couple days. That's what a public servant looks like. Right. Not all politicians are public servants. And we've got to be able to sort out the difference and back the ones that stand with us and stand with the Constitutional Republic and remove and replace the ones that don't. Imagine, just a moment, who, can I just see, who flew here on a commercial airline? Can I just see a show of hands? How would you feel getting on a plane if you found out that the person who inspected your plane had no particular aircraft safety expertise? <laughs> That's people, what we're talking about. This is our voting system. And there's still the testing lab, and our governors or secretaries of state have still certified the equipment on the basis of that testing. Yeah, so basically what we're talking about is a substitute teacher giving you a grade without ever looking at your paper. Most secure. <laughs> the most secure ever. When we get full forensic audits in all 50 states, is that piece of uh, software that's in that escrow, have they handed that over so far like to Arizona? Is that, is that gonna be another fight? We don't even know if the software is actually in escrow. Yeah. Honestly, and I'm not, I, I'm not trying to smear. There, there are probably some very competent people in some of the states and some of the counties. They're probably not competent enough for the threat facing them. But, but I've seen some things in my home state, like assertions by actual, you know, people responsible for the security of our elections. Some assertions about things like multi-factor authentication that are just incorrect. They're not even a little incorrect. They're looking up on Wikipedia. Anybody could figure out they're incorrect. And yet they're so sure of them, they put them in award packages. I don't know if they even have the software in escrow. I don't know what they would ever do with it. It's like having the paper ballots. We've got a safeguard because we've got a paper ballot, but you can't look at them. Then what's the point? You know, we had my home county, the clerk decided to do an audit by taking the images produced by the original voting system that we don't trust and running, through, running them through another voting system that we don't trust. And then because the numbers didn't match, but they're pretty close, he declared it good. 
And our media, by and large, are so bad that they just reprinted what he said and never asked another question. I didn't get involved in elections at all. I didn't read a single thing about election conduct or systems until the 3rd of November of last year. And when I first started reading, I couldn't believe, I could not believe what I was reading was the way we do our elections and how we've secured our systems, or at least pretended they're secure. And the more I read, the worse it gets. Shouldn't our county clerk and recorders know these things if a 55-year-old houseward knows, wife knows this? I mean, is what, what is their responsibility of, of knowledge if they're the ones guaranteeing us a safe and secure election? So the question is, so obviously our public officials who are election officials have a responsibility, right? They have a clear sworn duty to ensure free and fair elections, to ensure the equipment is secure, the elections are secure. The question is, with a system that we've got, do they have that capability? And I think the answer is very clearly no. I know that there's probably evidence that you know, provable that you can take out of Maricopa County, that they've displayed it, they've shown us. Are you guys aware of, or do you possess evidence of other places? And in particular, is there a way that we could find out in our own state if there's been, um, if it's been hacked? Uh, in, in a way that we can take a piece of paper or a website to somebody and say, Here, here's the proof. It's the smoke and the fire, right? It's the smoke and the fire. We, we've seen the smoke. We've all seen the smoke, right? We've seen uh, numbers of voters that don't look right, rates of voting that don't look right, voting distributions that don't look right, vote timing that doesn't look right, security that doesn't look right, assertions that don't look right, right? We've seen things in the middle of the night. We've seen windows that have been covered up with cardboard and trucks arriving. We've seen affidavits after affidavit after affidavit of irregularity. That's all smoke and, and there's fire but you have to go to find the fire. Can, can you help us find the smoke? Sure, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Is that, is that what a forensic audit would be required to do that? Well, a forensic audit, so you can do, so here's the thing, your elected officials can demand a forensic audit anytime they want. They have the responsibility, right? The, the Constitution's pretty clear about the authority of the states and the legislature. This is what happened in Arizona. The state Senate directed that audit and the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors didn't want it. And the state's the state Senate directed anyway. And and again, the elections belong to the people. So if your elected officials won't listen to you, get some who will. You guys know what an uh, IDRAT card is in a Dell server or a remote management card? Those cards are added to servers so you can connect in remotely over the network to pretend to be in front of it. So you could type on the keyboard remotely. You could see the screen remotely from the other side of the world. You could turn the server on and off. You could change data on the hard drive. You know that those cards are actually in the build sheets for your voting system servers. <laughs> and can you think of any reason why those should be on? something is, that's supposed to be absolutely secure? I can, but it's really bad. <laughs> I agree. I think though, maybe just not order them for the server. And then what I would do is I would epoxy the connector on the motherboard that allows you to plug one in. In fact, maybe these systems should all be sent to a, a company or an organization that actually hardens the systems. 
before they're allowed to be used. That might be a good idea if we even continue using them, which I think is a horrible idea. I was thinking we should send them to Burning Man. <laughs> yes, could you just give me what the name of that card was again? That, that component? IDRAC. IDRAC. I-D-R-A-C. And that's just what Dell uses, and I believe that one of the big voting systems only uses Dell servers. So, And they're great cards. On, and I use them all the time. But I would never, ever put one on a voting system. And other manufacturers have different names for them, but basically it's a remote access card. And, and one of the things that I don't think has been really explicitly said, uh, and all, you, all the techie people know, but maybe others don't, that when you have something that has one of these CVEs that's been reported, and you've got all the information on the vulnerability, there are standard tools that are used by people that do uh, pen testing, like a common one is called Metasploit. It's very easy to obtain. They have pre-configured uh, exploits for these vulnerabilities that nobody even know, needs to know how to program. They just need to learn how to use that application. It's like you can download it, and it's a built-in hack. Like you download it, it's a toolkit. Download, you run it and it executes all this and hacks it for you. Yeah. You don't even have to be a hacker to use this stuff. Right, right. So if you don't, if you don't go and patch the, the vulnerabilities once they're already known and out in the open, these are made for people who are doing good to go out and make sure that their systems don't respond to these type of uh, intrusion requests. But they're there to actually be used if we have a system that they're, they're there to be used by anyone if the system's known to have those vulnerabilities. Uh, Y'all mentioned some cyber vendor um, protection companies, network security companies previously. Have y'all heard of the company Kaspersky? And has that name come up in any of this stuff? I have not heard it, no. What is it? What is it? Kaspersky? Espers? Kaspersky? Kaspersky, no. C-A-S-P-E-R-S-K-Y? I have not heard it. No. Oh, Kaspersky, oh, yes, of Kaspersky. course. Yeah, yeah. 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 What about, our, what was the question about Kaspersky? No, I understand they were potentially implicated in some election issues around the United States. I was curious if y'all <laughs> heard anything about that. Maybe. I have not yet, but you know, they could be, yeah, it, it accidentally can happen, right? So if you had, if someone hacked one of a, a let's say an antivirus company and they embedded a virus in the antivirus software, that could then get easily distributed to a bunch of other companies that use this antivirus software, and it might actually do the opposite without the company even knowing. And that wouldn't be on Kaspersky, other than they allowed it to happen, but it, it's a frightening thing, and it does happen and has happened, not necessarily to Kaspersky, but I've seen it happen to other companies. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a good concern. In Washington County, I have documented proof. I just walked in there and asked them to see their, their um, invoices for printing the ballot. I got a phone call and I, I got verification that they'd ordered. Okay, there's three numbers I want you to remember. 292,000 registered voters. They ordered 338,000 uh, ballots be printed from this company. The company waited until after 2012, until the first or second day of 2013 to bill them for 360,000 ballots. That's 68,000 more ballots that were printed than they had registered voters. Big problem. 
she's saying that she's saying the same company does the printing, the programming, and the mailing of the ballots. Yeah, I was just yeah. going to say, even in, even in the state that I voted in that wasn't all mailing, I did some research on who, who uh, printed our ballots for mail-in ballots, and they were also the representative that did the programming of the cards for the voting machine. Yeah. This, is, this is our most sacred right. If it's not safe and secure, if it's not free and fair, we don't have a country. It won't look the same in 2022 because they're going to clean this up. Would you comment on that, please? And thank you. They're going to make changes, absolutely, because now they know where we caught them, and now they're going to do something different. So we absolutely have to fix this right now. Thank you all. We appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Okay. Hello, everybody. Um, I'm here back to report about that article in the Gateway Pundit by Larry Johnson, uh, alleged CIA guy that's been saying that we weren't going to, that, well, they've, They've said that China thing, Mike Lindell said that is not true, or that he's given up on it. Not true, big lie. Larry Johnson has done more to block this than anyone I've ever seen. His name kept coming up for the last five months for me. Every time you turn around, you hear that name. So when we talk about this, uh, when we talk about this, um, this hack and this attack by China uh, through these Dominion machines, Joel Altman here, the, uh, the uh, will you tell him you were the first one sued by Eric Coomer? Yeah, so I was sued, I, I think most of you guys know I was sued by Eric Coomer of Dominion Voting Systems for defamation of character, for bringing to light the, the uh, phone call that he was on with Antifa where he said that not to worry about it, uh, Trump's not gonna win. Um, so that, th that's how I found myself in the middle of this. I didn't ask for this, I didn't wanna be involved in this. Um, but I think that God puts you on a path and you have to stay on it. Yes, I stand firm on what I believe or what happened. I, I'm 100%. This was an attack by China. And this is, I mean, this is it. The machines, he's going to talk to you a lot about Dominion here and uh, tie it in. It's going to show you how it ties in directly to China. So, um, in a great, great presentation. Thank Thanks, Sean. I, I told you guys yesterday, if you were here before, that uh, I am an introvert, not an extrovert, so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to take a nap after I talk to you guys. I didn't dig into Dominion until, I didn't get into Dominion as far as what it was until after I got sued. I think that my only nexus involved in this deal was uncovering the information that I had related to Eric Coomer and that, his, his, that he was in a position where he could affect the election and that from there, um, all of the other evidence that's come forward about Dominion, I've helped gather some of that information, but mostly because they came after my family, mostly because I had to resign as the CEO of my company, um, and there's been a great financial impact to my family. Um, so I didn't want to be a part of it. I didn't want to be a part of it. But I'm a dog with a bone, so I'm the guy that if you come after me, I'm, I'm not likely to walk away from a fight. So I started uncovering information. Some of the information that you'll hear today is information that others have been able to collect. Some of it you may have seen or heard about, but what we want to do is put it all together so it makes a coherent story. So when we talk about Dominion being uh, how we take Serbian technology with Chinese characteristics, not, nobody's going to come out and tell you that the Bank of China is, is funding anything. They're not going to do it, right? They're not going to come out and put a big board up and say that that's what's happened. But what we were able to do is we were able to back through, and by the way, this is publicly available information so nobody can get mad at me, and I'll publish this later on my uh, Telegram channel so you can get an access to it there.
But what we're able to do is um, do some research on a company called Roaming Networks. So it was a relatively unknown uh, company out of Serbia until 2013. They signed a value-added contract with Huawei Bank. So Huawei, just so you know, is the Bank of China. There'll be some information at the end of the slide that'll tell you a little bit more information about them. But they were built out ICT infrastructure and data centers, and they had done some of that information for, or some of that build for most of Serbia. So it's, it's basically the infrastructure of Serbia. I said basically because it doesn't fully encapsulate it, but they have a great impact in Serbia. And it talks about their strategic partnerships and who the owner is. So it's run by an oligarch na named Nanad uh, Kovac. And so he was selected as the enterprise partner. Now, if you go to Roaming Networks, you'll see this information on their website. Some of it, some of this information. Because I assume that after this presentation is done, some of that will come down off their website. So we did some research on Dominion Voting Systems. Dominion Voting Systems has a corporate office located in Serbia. We took a, a screenshot, the Google screenshot of the office that's there and one of the developers, which you'll find on the website. Um, you'll, know that, you'll notice that one of the uh, legislative leaders inside of Serbia said, I know Dominion Voting Systems back in November. They have an office here, right? And so Dominion very quickly started taking off all of the Serbian um, coders that they had on, uh, on their website or on LinkedIn. The, the interesting thing about this is that we're having code built in Serbia for a system that's used in the United States that uses infrastructure that is actually built by or funded by China. And not just China, but the Bank of China. And I'm gonna show you that, I wanna remind you of something about Huawei Bank, right, or Huawei, and that is it's restricted in the United States of doing business in the United States. You cannot do business with them in the United States from 2019. You can't do business with enterprise partners from 2019. So by proxy, they're doing business with the Bank of China through this kind of web of business relationships. Slide that talks about when Huawei was added to uh, the restricted list on May 16th of 2019. Uh, many of you guys actually remember that, right? You remember that at all, Bank of China? This right here is the information related to Dominion Voting Systems using roaming networks. So over here on the far left, this is the references that were, that were displayed by roaming networks on their site, stating that the implementation of fl pure flash storage solution um, on the primary data, or data center for Dominion Voting Systems. So you have the company which is funded in partnership by Huawei of China that is actually building the data centers for Dominion Voting Systems, building the code in the office in Serbia, remember what I talked to you about yesterday, which is deviations, right? A deviation should give you enough evidence that you just say the breach of the public trust has happened. We need to have an audit. And by the way, if there's nothing to hide, then why would we not have an audit? Why? So that's the first one, which shows that they have as a reference Dominion Voting. If you move to the, to the right side, this is a picture taken by Mark Cook in Sacramento, California election warehouse, where you can see the mining voting system uh, hardware is coming directly from China, right, from China. And you would say, oh, lots of stuff is made in China. Okay, well then you have a bill of lading that, lading that came in, and you can't really read this, but this goes from uh, a supplier in China directly to the Dominion Voting Systems office in McKinney, Texas, right? And then over here in this corner, 
you start talking about testing and approval of Dominion voting systems, this particular piece is actually talking about the, the similarities in testing of the equipment, the hardware between Smartmatic and Dominion voting systems. So they're using the same hardware, they just have a new badge put on it. One says Dominion voting and one says Smartmatic. So look, at the end of the day, if you look behind you and you got a tail, everyone tells you you got a tail, right? But you keep telling everyone you don't have a tail, but you got a tail hanging out there, you probably have a tail. We, we should not be dealing with a system that's compromised. Even if you say that the risk of that compromise is 3%, 4%, 5%, that's too much to say that you're going to strip the voice of the American people away from electing our officials, both at the local level all the way up to the national level. I know that ES&S, it's an incestuous world. We were able to build an entire graph of the people that worked for ES&S, HART, um, Dominion Voting Systems, Clear Ballot, uh, Smartmatic, and they basically recycle people through the company. But one of the other things that's become very telling is that you have people that worked at Dominion Voting Systems that are now entering the political sphere and taking over election offices. And then, coincidentally enough, you have those election offices for the first time, one in Texas, that that county, after hiring someone that worked for Dominion Voting Systems, went blue by accident, and they had ES&S. Okay, so I want to address something with uh, Gina Griswold. I want to do it right here. So Gina Griswold got on TV and talked about Tina Peters and talked about um, Mesa and said that, that it was uh, bad actors. And then they had Matt Crane get up after Gina Griswold and explain that the real heroes are the other 63 counties um, that did not do a forensic imaging before and after the trusted build. And I can tell you right now that I don't know if it's Dominion itself that is the bad actor, if they have people in their company that are bad actors, but if you have nothing to hide, you don't go in and do a trusted build that includes removing logs, changing code, and, re and, and removing information and or components. Those aren't things that you do. The person that she had follow her up, and you guys are gonna be a chance to see this, there'll be lots of articles out there. The person that she had follow up that on stage was Matt Crane. Matt Crane was the county clerk and recorder for Arapahoe County. He is now the uh, head of the County Clerks Association or County Clerks and Recorders Association, right? An organization, by the way, that has some money that comes in and out of that organization that is suspect at best. But here's another thing you need to know about Matt Crane who came down hard on Tina Peters. His wife worked for Dominion for many, many years. Before that, she worked for, I think, Sequoia Voting Systems. Right, 16 years in total. So the person standing on stage that's actually uh, standing next to G the Secretary of State, Gina Gridwald in Colorado, is complicit in the behavior of what's happening all across the country, saying that this is, again, the gold standard. If it's the gold standard, then you should do something when a public breach of trust has been done. If there's a breach of trust, it's really simple. The only way to restore that trust is to audit. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure out that the election was stolen. You don't. It's, a, it's not something you have to stand out there and say, hey, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. Put the, if, you, if you really want to get to the bottom of it, put the American people at ease, which now is nearly 70% on one side and 40% on the other. But I think the important thing to know is that most Americans, most people are not coders, right? Would you agree with that? So if you're not a coder and you're, you're relying on software, you're relying on a program, then 
at any point your, your mind deceives you. you. You wake up one day and something happens, something different happens. We talked about what Seth put up here, which is the mathematical probability. You'll listen to the Deep Rig, which is a documentary that was built by Patrick Byrne. And when you get into that, you see uh, Bobby Python stands up there and says, uh, talks about probabilities on that as well with male, female, and you, undefined. So if you just look at the basic facts, ignore the thousands of affidavits on the behavioral deviation, and you look at the basic facts, it's enough to push most of America to say that there's a breach of trust. So if we get too complicated, then they start saying, oh, this is nothing. If we get too specific, they'll say, well, we can disprove that. Well, I can disprove anything in a vacuum. But it's collectively, as you start looking at it, the mountains of evidence that exist, mountains of evidence that exist, is too much to ignore. And all we're asking for as the American people is, we'll accept the truth. I will accept the truth. I'll even accept that, that maybe Eric Coomer got on that and it was hyperbolic, right? That he just wanted to puff his chest and have a little bit of him. I'd accept that if all of the other indicators did not show that we're dealing with a massive fraud on the American people. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a realist. Right? I just want the truth. The only way we get to the truth is by doing audits to make sure that they can put, you know, restore trust to the American people. So another senior Dominion vice president, his name is on the patents, was the tabulation center Dominion supervisor in Wayne County, Michigan, Nick Okanamakis. Yes. So yeah. a senior VP whose name's on the patents, software, I think he was a software engineer, software yeah. designer, was running the tabulation center. So again, you know, coincidences are coincidences, but a whole bunch of coincidences all of a sudden become not a coincidence. Now, you just got to apply some common sense and look, as Joe said, the preponderance of this, this overwhelming evidence. And literally, the, the legal boxes of affidavits across the country that are, you know, five, six feet high of stacked of legal filing boxes. There, there are things that they never tried to explain away. They, they, and I say they because there is a radical element. If we take most of the Democrats, I think that about 80 to 90% of the entire U.S. is marginalized by these fringes, right? And so they get the loudest voice, they get the magnifying glass, they get to weaponize things like technology, they get to weaponize things like uh, uh, media. Um, they use that in order to influence or, or to make people think a certain thing. But the reality of it is, is this. I was there on January 5th and January 6th in Washington. I was there. I was having conversations with people. I went to the State Department. I, I developed an entire very simple uh, diagram of how the cons, I call them little cons and big cons, exist. I did all of that by stacking the information that was publicly available through Dominion. And then I just used simple math. I didn't even have to use high level math. I used the third grader math, right? And I showed how that we have to look at deviations. We have to look at ways in which they violate law. We have to look at ways in which they have behavioral deviations. And I'll use Georgia as an example. We know that we had video of somebody putting uh, ballots through the system multiple times. When they went to go do an audit of those images, what did they discover? They discovered that there was ballots that were identical in different batches. That's a, that's a, that happened. That would happen nine months later but have they said anything about it? Has the media even let that get out? No. We know that there was a shredder truck that showed up before January 20th in Georgia. We know that for a fact, right? I have pictures of somebody hiding in a bush, taking pictures of it being surrounded by FBI agents and other people from the government. So they knew 
that there was a problem and that there was a shredder truck filled with ballots and you were told nothing. We know that they, in the, in the uh, main center, the, what, the arena, they said that there was a main water leak. It was parroted across main, the mainstream media. That was parroted. I'm not, everything that I'm telling you is something you can go do your own research on. It turned out to be a leaky toilet. They shut down an arena for a leaky toilet. Deviation of behavior. We, all we have to do is look at the basic deviations from state to state. It, it doesn't take a mathematician. It doesn't take Dr. Frank or Seth or Bobby Python or any of those people to understand that these things are dishonest acts. And yet they tell us it's the gold standard. It's the safest election in U.S. history. You can also take the people that stood up against the election and what they're doing today. Some of them work for the same organizations that are funded by Soros and other aristocratic elites. This isn't again me making it up, it's very simple to see. So as we go state by state and we look at the, the probabilities of things happening and then we examine all the affidavits, I bet you there's thousands of affidavits across this country that went into a box, filled it, that no one has taken the time to go back and read. No one has taken the time to go back and do the research in their own states. As legislators, I would call those people to testify. I would call those people in and say, tell me what you know. But they haven't done that. And the media, instead of understanding the weight of those affidavits, if you sign an affidavit under penalty of perjury, you could spend five years in prison for lying. I signed an affidavit so I could spend five years in jail for lying. But guess what? I didn't lie. The truth is the great equalizer. And so you have all of these people. You have thousands of people that were your eyes and ears as legislators, but you have to be willing to do the hard work. You have to be willing to stand in the gap and say, listen, there was a deviation in our state, in our county, in our area of behavior, law, code. And if there's a, if there's a deviation of code, if there's a deviation of a build for dominion in one state and it comes out like it did in Antrim County and now you have Mesa County, that those were compromised systems and that they erased information that by federal law you have to keep for 22 months, that should be, all, that should be the end of the conversation. There shouldn't be a debate about it. We spend all this time going back and forth about, well, did this happen and this happen? And we, we get to the transaction and we don't look at it holistically as, listen, I, I'm, I'm not going to let my daughter date a serial killer. And you say, well, he seems like a nice guy. The fact that he's a serial killer, he's not going to let him date your daughter. Why are, we letting our, why are we letting our election system get run by systems that are foreign systems? Listen, I'm going to tell you what I, what, what, what I think is the answer. The answer is and always has been the voice of the American people. Yet we keep telling everyone there's nothing we can do about it. We haven't learned the power of the word no. It's really simple, just no. No, no, it's my choice. I don't have to, I'm not getting a vaccine. No, I'm not using Dominion voting systems. No. You can just say no. And collectively the people have a powerful voice, but you can't get people to step out there because we always seem to eat our own. This is not a difficult problem to fix. And look, I am a Christian conservative, right? From the south side of heaven. So, so I've, never seen the, I've never seen a fight I didn't like. I've never been a person that lived my life in fear. The Bible says 365 times, it says fear not. Yet we hide in our basements and we allow them to create and dictate and weaponize things against us as people, right? All we have to do is step out. All we have to do is recognize the sacrifice that is necessary and find our courage. And these legislators, even if you're a rhino, even if you're on the left, 
they align with an ideology that, that moves up to the head of the snake. But where's the head of the snake? And if you're a legislator on the left, if you're a legislator on the, on the right, why do you have to, why can't you think for yourself? Why can't you go back to your community, ask your community what they want? And when they tell you, I don't want Dominion voting systems, then you go back and you vote against it. If they go back and say, I don't want ES&S, then you go back and you, you advocate for a system that restores constitutional integrity to your community. Okay, so uh, I will tell you this. We let the media use TikTok, the 15-second soundbite, in order to tell us what the reality of it is. So I can, t I can tell you that you can take any number of things and they're going to pick the things that they think they can discredit and they're not going to let you concentrate on the rest of it. That's why I just want you to simplify it. If you're a legislator, simplify it. Keep it simple, stupid. That, there's a reason why way back in the day they taught you that, right? Because it just, it's very simple. If you look at the deviations, if there's a deviation, then there's a problem. The breach and the trust of the people has been breached. You have to do an audit. If people are coming to you and telling you to do an audit and you're saying it costs too much, Again, I'll go back to the $1.2 trillion where less than 5% of that money actually goes towards infrastructure. Hey, listen, uh, I think courage is more infectious than fear. I'm really glad they're pulling me off the stage. I'm going to go take a nap. Um, I, I just, one, one last thing I, I will say to you, and that is um, God is at the wheel. We know how it ends, and, um, and I think that it's all up and incumbent to us if you don't do anything else you can do one thing, and that's pray for our nation, pray for Mike Lindell, and pay for all the other, pray for all the other people that are standing up and having courage because the American people are worth it. Thank you. To the prairies, to the oceans, wide with Now here's, some, here's a hero. There are people who take their oaths seriously. There are people who, when they say they will defend your constitutional protections, they actually do. And every decision that they make, every judgment that they make, they base it off of that founding principle and guiding light of the Constitution. And it's my pleasure to know someone like that directly, and all of you do now, too. That's Clerk Peters. I did this for no personal gain. As a matter of fact, my, my job looks like it's on the line, but you know what? The people of Mesa County elected me, not the Secretary of State. That's right. And they asked me. They pleaded with me. They sent me emails. They came to my door. They called me. Please, please look into this. I found out that, that our election systems aren't very transparent to the people that are voting, that are the people that matter. And I started asking, why is that? Why aren't our election machines more transparent? You know, the, it's just a scanner, right? So why do they need these backdoor passwords that the Secretary of State obviously has? 
And if those passwords were compromised, why can't they just change them? How many of you have had to change your email password before? Right? Yeah. Is, is that a big deal? You just change it. We're not in the middle of an election right now. It's not like some secret people came and did something nefarious. You know, I was asked to by the Secretary of State to back up my system. And so, you know, that's a smart thing to do. You do those things. You protect the people. But, you know, one of the things that I think uh, needs to happen, I ask for that to be a transparent process. I ask for, for us to be able to have the public in there to see how they operate. I, how, how does a machine operate? What, how, what do they do? What's the mechanics? How is it when your vote comes in and, and it does all these things? And don't you guys want to know that? You know, it's interesting that to see what's happened, that my office was raided. And then last night at 11 o'clock, we had children's electronics ripped from them at a house of a pastor. What is, going, what is happening here? What is happening here? What are they so afraid of that they would come in the dark of night? I don't know. You tell me. I don't know. Um, you know, even every public company has to be audited every year. Did you know that? I mean, they go through incredible audits to make sure that everything is transparent. Even slot machines are audited. Did you know that? I didn't know that. You know, even slot machines are audited. I just don't see this earth-scorching uh, tactics that they're doing. And it makes me think that they're afraid of something. It's a, they're afraid that you're going to find out something. You know, our elections decide the fate of our country. And if a slot machine is has to be audited and has to be, uh, you know, with this this cameras and all the things it has to have and transparent. What is wrong with, with looking at a, uh, a machine that actually counts your vote? That's something I don't understand. Why are there, why are there so all this mystery behind this? Why? So I'm just curious. They're stealing your vote. Do you care? What about democracy? They're stealing your vote. Do you care, Democrats? Do you care? I can, we care. We don't like this direction of, of where things are going. And as often as I hear the Democrats talking about democracy, they should give a huge care because it's their votes, I think, the majority of that are being stolen. In addition to that, we had just wrapped up our canvassing project in Mesa County. We had just wrapped it up. This is all this last week. It's just so interesting how everything has come together. That canvassing project was wrapped up. We've got amazing efforts on the eastern side of the mountain that we're wrapping up. And it's been an incredible time of grassroots people, regular people. I'm a mom. I have four amazing kids. I just really want to make lunches and send them off to school and do my little home business thing. But you know what? Just like the professor talked about, we had an election prior to that that we thought wasn't real or true. And it awakened all of Colorado because they started to destroy our state immediately. They killed our gas and oil. They started sexualizing our children with comprehensive sex education. The Colorado Department of Public Health has now decided that critical race theory and racism is an emergency in Colorado, right? We've got to make sure that everybody hates each other in Colorado, as much division as possible. 
We don't, we don't like what they've done to us. And so it awakened all these regular people. I saw an article that said, Middle America, what do you guys think of voting? I am Middle America. I'm just a mom. And so many of you in this room, the, the moms that have been talked about, you were moms doing your thing and you realize they're stripping the country from your children. They're taking the future from your children. And it isn't every day that we have the legislators in this room that are willing to be here and hear this stuff and then go back and implement what you've heard and find the truth. Find it. It's your obligation and your duty to do so. You swore an oath to do so. If you're out there and you were, and you were living in fear in November and December because you've seen something and then you got yeah. threatened, you look at Brave Tina here, and there's other ones that are going to come forward. Another guy raided last night at 1030 at four children. I was attacked last night physically. Newsmax and OEN were sued when this symposium started. We had the data that they put, that they say they put stuff in. So by the way, that's going to the, uh, the red team so they can turn that under the Cyber Act of 2015. They said they tried everything to destroy everything they could here. They took down three platforms, but I had four. They took down. Tenacity. But I think, I think Tina needs to be an example for everyone out there that has lived in fear and needs to speak out. And uh, we're going to, I think we're going to set up on frankspeech.com. In fact, I'm going to set it up right now. We're going to set it up in this week and all weeks. You can, we're going to have a, we're going to have an email there, an anonymous email that you can reach out or we'll call back. And you can tell us your story and maybe you can come out and be brave and come out. If you're an employee and, you, and you've done it and you feel part of it, maybe you could, you know, surrender and just, you know, just say, hey, I want to save my country. It's not worth the corruption that I've done. Right. And maybe if you're people up there, like the guy with the mask, oh, he took it off now. And this media, these journalists, the right hitch stories. There were so many today, I couldn't read them all. Yeah. I couldn't even read them all. I don't even want to respond to them anymore. We don't even read them. They're rubbish. But why don't you print something to help our country? Call out Dominion yeah. and say, hey, call out call Dominion. Fox News, call out Dominion. If you've never done anything ever, come back and call out Dominion. Tucker, Sean Hannity, Lori Ingram, why don't you guys call it out and just risk your job? Just call it out tonight, live. Live, I'm calling you out. I know all three of them. Call it out live. If you're in any of these stations out there, you know, right now they're attacking Newsmax and OAN. They got attacked, not just sued. This is where we're at. And how brave that Tina's here. It's just happened. You know what I told her? I said, I'm gonna take her under my wing. Right. She can't go back. She can't go back right now. You know, this is horrific when you can't go back like I've lived for months now, not being able to go home and see my grandchildren. That's what our country's come to. Sad. We've been making a lot of excuses for years. It's time to start making some serious sacrifices. Every elected official in United States history where they found out there was fraud done, they put back in the person that won immediately. And you know what Griswold had the guts to do? She shut down 
uh, citizen testimony in the middle of it. She stopped people from talking about what they were concerned about because she's created emergency election rules and she's seizing power from the people. She's taking it from the localities and rolling it up to the state level. Now, what's even worse is RAG, Bill Weiser, is right behind her rubber stamping these horrible, uh, illegal, and unethical election rule changes. Wasn't she just on TV today doing a press conference? She yeah. was. Did you see her? I was her? watching, Shake, yeah. Shaking to death. The lies that shaking spewed out of her mouth. But you know what? They showed her on TV. Yes, they did. You think they'll show this? They better. Where's Fox? They better. Nope. No, I'm telling you, everybody. Everybody, Fox is key to this. They have a huge worldwide audience. We need to demand that they at least start talking and start telling the, what's going on in our country. And I'm talking to you, Sean Hannity, Tucker, and Laura Ingram. All three of you, what are your jobs that important? Is your country more important? Right. Just say it tonight. Right. Just say it. It's your duty. Just right. start speaking out tonight. If yeah. you, and we'll, we'll have your back if they do something. You'll, OAN will hire you and Newsmax. Right. We, the people, will hire you. Right. Stand with us, please, Fox. We need, they, we need to be heard. Dan Bonagino, they're calling you out. But go <laughs> Dan, speak out about this. Dan, speak out about it. Where's Ben Shapiro? Right. Yep. You, but you know, everybody, that's what you know. You can all do that to anyone you know. You know what? That's a good point. You, all of the people that have came over to Frank's speech that have been deplatformed and lost their livelihoods, that had YouTube channels, I had one guy, 14 employees, he lost it. He said one thing about the vaccine, lost it. He lost 14 employees, it's a big channel. All these people coming over to Frank's speech, but you know what? The ones that are still out there, the ones we listen to, they're still out there front and center on YouTube and Vimeo. Well, you know why that is? Because they're not speaking what needs to be spoke. Right, right. They're not That's talking true. about machines or vaccines. They, yeah. You need to all call them out too. Everybody call them out and say, don't be afraid to lose your platform. Right. You know what? I tell people, they say, why did I keep going and keep going? Because I gonna have a company anyway if that, if we. If Less technology is what we need. If you want a real fair election again, then you've got to start limiting technology. Well, today was an epic day. Our enemy became our partner in the solution that we want for our county. That's exactly it. And it never would have happened without thousands of nobodies. Mm -hmm. Nobodies. These people have their platforms and great for them, but you are the answer that your community is looking for. Stop looking to everyone else and getting pissed off when they don't come through for you. They just took down the stream again, so we gotta go back to one that we picked. So we're, but we're still live on a lot of stations here, but I mean, it just doesn't end. Now, if you, you know, if you think that's a deviation, the attacks we've had for three oh, days, oh, we were here, the evidence I had was just gonna get it out, validate it to, for people, tell you all, bring it out there and everybody get on board. Instead, all we've done is fight. People come in here, they've told me that this red team said they've infiltrators, Antifa, people up there like Zach and people like that. They came in here just to hit jobs and cover up, not just cover up and attack. You know, people that are coming here attacking, I mean, this is just, it, why? 
secretary of states and governors and stuff that you know politicians that are out there if it doesn't fit if there's no reason like what well, you know use a uh, Doug Ducey why would you call an election early when you're when you're pulling 10 you're doing 10 hours 10 hours you are stumping of, uh, of, of evidence you couldn't wait the 10 hours you called in and called it early one hour into that I mean it doesn't make sense mm -hmm. and they're supposed to be for the people well, you know what? I, I feel like there's some special announcement or something going yeah, on over there. We, uh, we just, uh, we're getting calls. Wait a second. That's Colonel Sean Smith. <laughs> <laughs> they're just tell them what they're just saying out there. We're getting calls in from people's phones. So, so one of our uh, Colorado volunteers on the phone with her mom, and her mom's watching the feed, and then she tells her the feed went down, and when it came back, it's in Chinese. Oh! Most secure feed in U.S. history. <laughs> Isn't that something? Okay, everyone. Uh, I want to say one more you thing. You know, the before this uh, symposium, the media, the, the bad media, said my, he's only doing this to run my pillow ads. And then, if you remember, when Dominion sued me, they said they sued my pillow. And they said, he's only doing this to make money, giving out promo codes. Well, today you can save up to 66% and, you, and, you, and, use, hold it, and use promo code AUDIT. <laughs> That'll be the best savings. You can go to MyPillow.com or FrankSpeech.com. Use promo code AUDIT. And... And I want to tell you, I want to say one last thing here before Kirk comes up. Well, we, you know, like before, I think when it's, uh, one of the, uh, we were talking about South Dakota. Remember, they said it's not a problem here. Yes, it was 40,000 votes. That was 10% of your votes got flipped. That just because you won by a landslide, you won by a bigger landslide. Let's not forget that. Every single one of your states, from Hawaii to Alaska, from New York to California, every, every single one was affected. So you go back, I love the idea, each and every state, don't count on the six big ones that everybody's looking at. You guys can go back and they, maybe, maybe they won't even notice, for sure Fox won't report it. <laughs> so, and they, uh, we're, gonna be, we're gonna be closing probably a little early and you can keep going to frankspeech.com. You guys, you go there. I'm gonna put the word out every day. I'm gonna keep talking. I'm gonna, we're gonna have a platform up there I mean, we, it's not up there yet, but I, there will be a platform up there if you're out there. And we said it before, if you've been living in fear and you know something about Dominion or something about Smartman or something about the machines, or they threatened you in November and December or right after Jan in January, you can go there, you fill out a form, and we're going to look through each and every one of them so you're not alone. You won't be alone. The great Tina Peters, when she's here, she was so brave coming out. What they did, and you know, what they and there, and now she's uh, she's out there. And they, you had another guy last night with his house house completely raided with four little children. So this is what they can't come. Everyone, if we don't stand up now, you cannot ever live in fear again. This is it. We only have one fear, and that's fear of the Lord. Say a few words about Mike. He is one of the most caring, most genuine, most down to earth people you will ever meet in your life. So we're at lunch and he gets a call from one of the many reporters that calls him every day 
And I'm just kind of listening on the side, and he says, you know, you just got sued. Do you have any comments? And he looks, and he says, it's a great day for America. And, and I stood back, and I said, I really like you. So in any event, that was the start of this incredible journey, and it has been a whirlwind. As I said before, Mike is one of the most genuine, caring, and down-to-earth people you ever meet. What you see is what you get. There is no difference in his persona at home or in front of anybody. He loves this country, and he's fighting to save this country. And that's why we're all here. Everybody knows that this election was stolen. You're being, anybody is being gaslighted by the media, mainstream politicians, the establishment, often on establishment Republicans or establishment Democrats, because it's all about power. And so they're trying to maintain and implement a Marxist ideology. A lot of people don't like to talk about it, but the truth is that's exactly what's happening in this country. And if we don't stand up to it and peacefully take back our country, then we're gonna lose it. This is the greatest nation that this earth has ever seen. Our country is based on fundamental principles of individual freedom, liberty, and justice. This is the great experiment. If we don't step up now, to take back this country from this stolen election and get rid of the machines because 2022 will be stolen again. Or to just to call up your politicians and tell them to get an audit going of the vote. It's about becoming engaged. And Mike Lindell has led that fight. And I am honored to consider him a friend and to represent him. He is one of the finest the most greatest person I have ever met in my life. And so thank you, Mike. Thank you all. God bless you all. Thank you, OAN, Newsmax, RSBN. Everybody watch Flashpoint tonight. I'm going to be on there live. And uh, I'll be down here to take pictures. All right, let's do it. Come on. I'd like to meet each and every one of you. Everyone, I'm going to spend time. Let's, let's talk about uh, the future of our country. God bless you all. In and prayer about it. a month ago, it uh, it came up so fast, but it was, uh, I didn't realize how much I've done, you know, some big things before, but this was the whole world would be watching, and I knew it, and and um, and I, you know, like, it's, if, the, if you, there was three things, really, one was, you had to get the word out, and you had right. to, you know, when you say, go after the media, I'm, you know, I had to call out them journalists because if you don't call out in real time, that's the battle right there on that level that, you know, that battle to get the word out. You can say all the great things and, and it doesn't matter if nobody hears it. It was, it was of epic proportions, um, historical proportions for a historical event, you know. Yeah. I fight every day, um, and you get levels. I expect the, the different levels every day. I'll wake up, I'll go Mike Lindell News and see what I got to fight out there. To either, I'll say, I'll let that one go, or this one, I'll call up. Uh, you know, I'll call yeah. them up. I call them up. Another one to fight the other one on the left, you know. Right. <clears throat> call up Swin for the Daily Beast. Hey, why don't you write this? You can hit me this way, and that'll take the attention off the lie you know yeah. and, uh, I mean it's like playing five-dimensional chess with these guys and uh, but to start out this was pretty bad we uh, uh, we had the I had the big really bad thing happen the day before I got here and then we we're coming to set up so the first night I did not expect to be up till you know two three it was like three in the morning and uh, so I get up with minimum sleep and then the uh, 
I find out right away that they sued, Dominion sued OAN and Newsmax. Right. Now, Newsmax had just came back. They, you know, they, they wouldn't have people on, and then they, because they're afraid, you know, they know sure. they're afraid of getting sued. Well, then they did get, they were sued by, uh, I think, um, Comer or whatever. Well, then they made a deal, I think, and then all of a sudden they, they went, uh, didn't have anybody on, there was no election fraud. Well, then he got, they got brave again and started, carried the president's rally yeah, in Ohio. Right, sure did. And they realized that, hey, people are going to come back because Fox ain't, nobody's watching Fox. Right. So he went all in, and I, uh, you know, I said, welcome aboard, Newsmax, there ain't no turn it back now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're, and, you're uh, all But in. the timing, I yeah, mean. The timing, yeah. Both why is the timing so, significant? You know, yeah, both of them and Patrick Burns, and you know, yeah. he was on there too. So there was three of them. And they did that. Now realize, OAN was already sued by, I think, uh, Comer or whatever, I can't remember, but but he, uh, he's he been fighting. I mean, I mean, Robert, they, those guys at OAN, they just stayed to school all in, and, <clears throat> but they waited on the timing. Yeah. So the timing was, the plan was, let's get, let's get both of them and Patrick right before the symposium, the morning of it, and then let's attack their website. They attacked. I had one platform set up streaming. That went down. The second one went down. The third one, this is right at the start. I mean, we had 140 million attacks on that, on, on that live stream. I say that again. 140 million attacks. Realize we had cyber guys watching that, too. Wow. And the fourth one. I only had four backups. I felt in prayer, you know, okay, get yeah. four. And that one popped up. But I had to get, we were, we did not go live in for 45 minutes because then I had to go out there. But actually in that, that kind of set the tone for the day because it just riled me up, you know, okay, we're fighting back. Right. And then it was the media. All, first the media starts in, you know, I'm going, okay, uh, gee, this one today, Larry Johnson or, you know, Zach, that kid Zach was here from Salon and, yeah, and he was I, actually here in the room. Yeah, he, uh, you know, oh, he was, yeah. Oh, yeah, they were here in the room. And he, he's the one they kept calling out for, you know, wearing a mask. And he was just doing, just being, the kid is, uh, I called him up on the stage. And he wouldn't come up. He ran like a coward. And, but you know what? This was not the time. His things are so far off. To, this wasn't the time to play his little games. Yeah. I blocked, blocked him on my phone before. And he said, Mike, please take me back. I'm going, you know, just write. Just write some of the truth in a box and then put stuff around it like all yeah. the other left wing. Otherwise, I don't let them write anything about me. They either let me write a little bit and quote it, or they, or they don't get to write a hit job on me. And that's serious. I'll, I'll let right. them do it. I answer all their calls. I did another hour, I don't know, hour interview with CNN and another group over there, and they're coming out tonight. As we speak, I heard that, that it's going on Anderson Cooper night for a big hit job. So, but the thing is, it's hard for people to them to do that. If you get a big enough audience live streaming, and they've already they're already like the little boy that called Wolf for years right, now. That right. you know, everyone looks like you could do. If, if something was real, nobody would believe it. Yeah. They, you know, they, they've ruined themselves. You know, true. And uh, but what's worse, you know, that or Fox. You hey, know? So, Mike, I, I can feel people at home saying, does this guy ever get down about this stuff?" I mean, it, you take hit after hit, and you laugh, and you just keep right on. You you love this stuff. Well, it, it's. Uh, I was. Uh, you know, I do, and I do. But it was. It's the challenge. You know, it's so challenging, but I love it. I love the challenge of it because it's like. I know God gave me this platform for such a time as this, right. and so it's like I already know I'm going to win. You know what I mean? I already know I'm going to win, so it becomes easy. Even back way back when, I'm looking. At, what are the odds that I get the every, all these things kept happening? I get the evidence on the January 9th when uh, there was nothing. What are the odds that the White House there's a you know a slip that I didn't even was there? If you hear the whole story, there's crazy. 
uh, or martial law sticking out. If that don't happen, we're not here. The journalists running over the hill like Buffalo, falling over themselves, the West Wing of the White House, they all stop like sheep. And I said to them, I go, y'all y'all want to hear something, or y'all want me to answer questions? And they go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, I changed my mind. Y'all y'all find something real nice to say about me. And I walked back in the right house. They were just as fast as they could write. I mean, when the hit job is, and then he said, we'll find something real nice to write about. You know? Yeah. Or, I mean, that, that was some of them. That's all they wrote. <laughs> you know, boy, what a story. You know? Uh, so, yeah, breaking news. <laughs> breaking news. Right. But that's what the first day they attacked. Yeah. Saying that the, and Mike said, we're running right through lunch. You know, that was that was a big, that was headlines across the country. Mike's symposium, we're, we're working through lunch, and there's good there's good food in the back. I mean, that was what they were saying. You know, instead of talking about... It was about, a nice ad, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was a nice ad. <laughs> but that built up for the stuff that was to come. And, uh, you know, they, they really tried to stop uh, today, you know. Today we were, um, you know, we were going to, as we were giving stuff to the cyber forensic experts, and... We're giving that out, and then we heard last night there was a guy that was here. You know, the um, Tina Peters came here, right. from, and she her she got raided on her way here. Uh, her office got raided. She's uh, now I'm taking her and getting to her uh, secret hiding place, secret place. Um, she's a target now for that Secretary of State, and all she, you know they they're hiding they're hiding stuff, Dominion. So she, and then all of a sudden last night another guy. And he, and he uh, his house gets raided at 10.30. I get a call at 10.30. Four little kids, they come in, they took every electronic in the house. And and then we got word that there was a setup here that they were going to plant some. I forget what it's called, uh, the colonel. The, we had a red team I had hired on Saturday. And just to be safe, and it's checked out, because we had all cyber guys, red teams up there, like, the highest. I mean, they they checked, oversaw, you, oversaw everything. And they found uh, they had that some, it's like a poison pill. You put that in there and it would have corrupted everybody's data. Uh, data. All the data. So then they would have came and got them or something. I, I don't know. It was a, but I said, you know what? I made a decision. I said, um, he suggested that it's a cyber act of uh, 2015. And so it's kind of a relief for me. I'm going to go, here you go. Yeah. And you take it. I got the lawyers ready. I've, I've fought and fought to this moment. And, and now it's even better. When I've said it's a quote warrant already to go to the Supreme Court, what I kept never saying in the public was, well, the plaintiffs are the states, the attorney generals. And, you know, people didn't realize that wasn't Mike Lindell going there. So you've got to get these states on board. And before this, you know, they, they, who wants to be the first attorney general? They don't want to be afraid. They're afraid of attacks. Sure. That's how bad, that's how evil it is. But when you got like this and we had 50 states here, everyone's going, you know what? My secretary of state and I are meeting tomorrow. My attorney general and I are meeting tomorrow. When I met them all down there for pictures, yeah. by the way, I was attacked taking a picture. You know what? I'm not going to let the devil win. I took pictures with every single person here. That's right. You did. You know? And what you we went to dinner last night late, and mm -hmm. then uh, someone physically came after you trying to take a picture. Yeah. Well, what it was is we got back to the hotel, and Kendra and I were walking, and we forgot, got our key, and I turned around, and... You've got to realize I've been in bad places before. I've had swords to my throat. I've had guns to my head. I owned bar for 13 years, and you had to read people. Sure. And I walked. We we went back. We turned back. I go, come on, we got to we got to go. And two guys kind of ran down the thing by the elevator there, and he goes, "Can I get a picture?" But the way he was running, it wasn't like a fan. It was like it was just something different. And so I took the picture, and then this other guy came up out of nowhere. And he goes, I want one too. And he put his arm up and he stuck his thing. 
it was so much pressure. I mean, and, and I just knew if I did anything, there was something more coming. And he jammed it into where that it was just piercing pain. And I'm just going, and I acted like, you know, that I didn't feel anything. And I'm sitting there like that, and I go, I go, okay, you know, do you have it? Well, what I think now after then we and then we let go, and that guy looks at me, and I mean, it was like I was almost doubled over, and and the other guy then was like this, and it seemed like he was going to grab me, and Kendra's not knowing because I'm not letting out any sure. pain, pulled into the elevator, and I got upstairs, and I, and I am buckled over, and she said, "What's up?" I said, "That guy tried to you know hurt me. I don't know what he, I didn't know what he was doing, but I think what he was doing, if I would have reacted, I think they were videotaping, and I think it was a setup." Like if I'd have either fought back, right. and they would said, "Yo, look what Mike Lindell does with pictures," yep. or if I'd have turned, there right. was something else that he might have done. Sure. And I think well. that was, but it was, it was so bad. It was, uh, it's, I can still feel it now. I hit, the police came and they, uh, yeah. um, you know, but I, but I was like, and then I'm thinking, then, and then, and then someone knocks on my window this morning, because I'm leaving, and it's a guy, and I didn't feel good there, and he goes like this, and there's a badge, and I'm going, no. And you know, and he walks away. Now that's weird too. Yeah, I mean, because it was unsolicited. Yeah, you weren't was asking unsolicited. for someone. I wasn't yeah. asking. I, you know what? When I look at deviations, that's what I do on everything. You know, I've had. Uh, <clears throat> I was a you know professional card counter too. That's what you live off deviations, right? Right. And you're, and, it, but all these things you you look at deviations in behavior. And uh, just like these guys, security looking around here for deviations, and yeah. and man, they had. Uh, you know that red team. That's what they. That's what they're all about. There was. There were so many bad. They said there was Antifa, that was here. Infiltrated. I mean, yeah, infiltrated. Switching yeah. out. Now they had. To, yep. They had to be working with media. Yeah. Think about that. Yep. There had to be corrupt media yep. giving them their name tags so right. that they could switch it out. Switch so they're working with them. Mm -hmm. Working with working. them, people. Yes. Yep. They were working with them, and and it got to. It was getting to be too dangerous there, and they, and they had to take a chance or not take a chance on uh, just cutting. You know. Cutting the third day, basically the cyber, cyber. I think what they gave him, what they gave him proved it. That, you know, the thing was, it was uh, that you had to prove it wasn't from the 2020 election. And you know, the thing it was, we got here. In my mind, I'm going. Yeah, I kind of, in my mind, I'm going. Okay, we're going to give it out, and everybody's going to look at it. And everyone's going to say, you know what? We got to get to the Supreme Court now. Right. The, the, the only thing was there. I, that's why all the legislatures and all the politicians, and I, in, in my mind, I'm going, okay, these guys can validate flips and, uh, and all this stuff. But then I thought, you know what? It took me four months and a lot of guys to validate. And so I asked that red team on Saturday night. I showed them. They go, um, you do realize this will take a month it's or not so. Be done in three and days. I'm going, well, I said that all I did was say, you don't validate it's from the 2020 election. They said, well, yeah, they'll be able to do that. And then it was funny because Alan Duke and Martin from, from uh, Lead Stories are the Facebook fact checkers. Well, we put some data over there on the wall that rolled so people could have fun with their home cyber guys and pull it off. And, every, you know, everyone knew it was from the 2020 election. But they put a thing over that they. Uh, duplicate. They covered it up on Facebook. Well, here I find out when I had these guys, these cyber guys, my experts, make the. I said I want rolls because it's a continuum of this metadata right, or whatever. Right. And I said I want six states, the six swing state. Right. But I did all 50 states. Well, the guy he put one, and then the next one he forgot, you know, to go there. So there was two the same. And so he's going. He's going. 
discredit. I said, excuse me, okay, we didn't, it was, you know, it's a graphic to put it up, you know what I mean? It's, right. like, it's like if we put all three of us up here, yeah. our name tags, and I put right. two of mine. I mean, but that's that, all you got? That's all you got? Yeah. A typo. A typo. That's exactly what it was. And then he goes, then he's going, he wouldn't take it down on Facebook, the cover. And I go, Martin, because we're running in real time here. And I didn't have the guy. The guy was doing other things in the cyber you know, room. And uh, he goes, you got, he goes, I'm not taking it down until you get it changed. And you know what? I just left it there. I'm going, you know, I don't have time to go through all this stuff. We're running in real time. you got to weigh what's important and what's not. And the important thing was uh, this. Number one, to make this country aware and the states aware, and number two, to pierce that media veil. Just, poof, we got to go through it. We got to break on through to the other side of that media. It was really a call to the media to not just, hey, CNN, Fox, and right. all the rest of you guys. It's us guys right. that are, you know, seemingly smaller in, in the yeah. big way, mm -hmm. but we've got a torch to carry. Yeah, so here's the David and Goliath moment. These, there's, as you called it out, Constantly, there is no journalistic courage in America anymore in the legacy press, in the in the fake news media, right. because they're owned by corporations. We I mean, have to understand this. Right. We, we we're always looking at an Anderson Cooper, which if they ever suddenly had an awakening, they'd be replaced by the next person because right. their job isn't to be original or do right. investigative right. reporting. Their job is to give the talking points for the right. corporation. Right. This is big corporations yep. and big government mm -hmm. taking over America. Absolutely. That's why I called out Sean Hannity, Laura Ingram, and Tucker. I, you know, I, I think it was kind of it was kind of interesting. This was towards the end. You know, I really think, and I've dreamt that Fox is the key to this because they go around the world. They go everywhere. They could. They, I'll just keep calling. Take your viewership. Quit watching them. We have a lot of power right now. This platform yeah. I have, and I'm sorry. I took my ads off. That you know that hurt my pillow a million dollars a week. It doesn't matter, you know. It hurt Fox to a million dollars a week, but you know. But everyone's going, oh, move your ads. Well, I can't. There's these are direct direct response. Right. But what that what that did though, what it did. I always look at things. What's the follow going to be that there? I did. You know, when they denied that ad, I almost go, you know what? That ain't going to be so bad because that's going to make big news at the symposium because they didn't want to tell everybody, you know. Right. And um, and but one of the things, interesting things, Sarah Lay brought up at the end, and she said, she brought up. Uh, uh, it was one of the smaller mediums, like um, Dan, I think, um, Bugino or something, and, and they brought Ben Shapiro. And But, you know, you look at these media, all the, like you say, not the big, you know, or medium or whatever, medium to small, and like the ones coming over to Frank's speech. But you know what? The ones that are still, all you got to do is look around. If you still have your Vimeo and YouTube, right. you're not talking and you're not <laughs> talking. Good indicator. You're not, that's it. If you have them two out there, you're not, you're not taking, you're not doing what you could for this country. And that's, that's fact. True. That is fact. You're either, you've never talked about machines or vaccines, I guarantee that's that. That's true. And said the word election two and fraud. Words. Yeah. Audit, any of those buzzwords. And, and anybody that goes, yeah, I'm still on YouTube. Really, I'm sorry to hear that. So uh, what's the next step that we're going to see from you? I'm going hunting all fall. No. <laughs> that's good. Pheasant hunting. Yeah, pheasant, dog, goose. But no, no, I got, uh, it's not, uh, that's not me. I'm going to go, I'm definitely going hunting. But now what's going to happen is I got to ride this wave. So the next days here, all the media will be reaching. In my pocket, I've got probably 100 at least that will call. So that will keep, keep this... Um, Keep this going, and I'll have to look and see what the hit ones are out there. And and because uh, I was looking earlier today, and I couldn't see what they do. A couple things to me: they either hit me so hard, or they don't talk. You know, I mean, they, they turn into a fox. 
You know, they're going, okay, we, we shouldn't even talk about that. I mean, it's it's really unreal with me. They'll go, okay, he's tricking us this time. Don't fall for it. And then they'll do it, you know. <laughs> and uh, no, they seriously, it's like yeah. playing uh, playing like five-dimensional chess with these guys. But I, I can't stress enough that the media is because we got, I don't know how many millions, I'll find out how many millions from around the world watched. But if... Yeah, and, and gather probably a lot of emails and texts. Right. So then you can trigger that to get your bigger audience to get the voice out, to get the voice out. And and that was the, you know, that's been with Frank's speech. I put it out there since, uh, I don't know, it was March or whatever, or February, February and March, I, whatever it was. Right. And built that thing and, you know, spent millions of dollars and millions of dollars. And it was to for such a time as this day because you've got to start somewhere. You could have all these great shows like Flashpoint and stuff, but we need... You know, a voice, you have something great going on in, in North Dakota, maybe something great going down in Colorado. Right. We were hearing all this stuff today. I, I was finding stuff. My phone is full. You know what? We've got something right now. We're doing this audit. So I say, you know what? we got to get a hold of you, Kurt. you got to get a hold of these guys, these guys, these guys. That's why we're going to have that uh, form you fill out, too, so the ones right. that didn't get an awareness. And then, and, then we, uh, and then the media. The media, you know, um, that that's what that was my biggest worry about three four weeks ago. I go, if this is in fact, I think you heard me say, uh, Elvis Presley, hello from Hawaii. Right, yeah. I put that out there because I I could in my mind in 1973 when he did that, you know, I was a huge Elvis man, but I'm going, you know, I was, I don't know, I was 12, 13 years old, but there was no TV. The TVs then we had bunny ears and you got the little blue dot, you turned it off till I got it on here, and you live put her back to life. And it was, I, I couldn't, in my mind, in 1973, when he did that, you know, I was a huge Elvis man, but I'm going, you know, I, was, I don't know, I was 12, 13 years old, but there was no TV. The TVs then, we had bunny ears, and you got the little blue dot, you turned it off till I got it on here, you live, put her back to life, and, and, uh, and did some, and here overseas, how do they get around? 1.1 billion people seen that in real time, and it just always amazed me, I'm going, Wow, how did they tell people over there? You know, right. well here we have we have the power with with, we, with social media. Can you imagine how many would come here if there was nothing? If it had been we could use That's the social true. media platforms, and if Fox was involved there, if yeah. Fox would have been like a couple of years ago or something, you yeah. think about that. Yeah. There'd be a. There'd be a billion people. Then there would have been a billion people. But instead, and that's why I had to use, I had to invite all the media who showed up. CNN showed up with eight people. Yeah. You know, I commend them for being here. You know, they showed up. Yeah. For them to show up at the event, I might, I'll tell you what, that's that's a rare that you would have a, a CNN show up. That just showed, Well, you they know, took you seriously. Yeah, they took they it took seriously. seriously. And, but Fox did. They were the only ones out here. Come on. Fox was poor Fox. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to Fox. I'm telling you, I will spend the next. That's what I'm going to do this next month. Okay, Shame on Fox. Shame on Fox. I'm going to start rallies all over the country. Shame on Fox. I'm telling you, by them not saying that they're hurting our country more than any other media outlet. I'm all of them. All of them. They're, wow. They are the number one hurting our country because if they can't, they're supposed to be, oh, they're talking about the next election? There isn't going to be one. They'll sit there and talk about Hunter Biden's laptop. Who cares? Yeah. You know, right. really, I'm sorry. Who cares? It's old news. You know, right. they're talking about it's getting so bad. I said the other day, I said they should be a weather channel. And then the next day I said, no, I'd be worried if they wouldn't have reported an oncoming storm. Yeah. You know, it's gotten that bad. It is and bad. when they don't care, and they knew, they knew. 
that if, when those when I put out all that ad just to you know just for this uh, to, to this prank speech and this symposium when I put that out ad out and I thought you know what I gave it to her you got to realize no ad of mine has ever not been accepted I did an ad last spring with uh, with I broke said we've got to spend time in our Bibles for my book yeah I put that on CNN right in the middle of CNN primetime now you'd think that they would go hey we're not having Mike Lindell he's so branded with Donald Trump but they put it right there. Don Lemon got done bad-mouthing me, and there I come on. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, you know. And the president, I was with him at one point, he goes, the genius, genius. <laughs> because, you know, it's your, I want to reach, I want to reach the people right. of the left. So Anderson Cooper will do that hit job tonight. Yeah. But you know what? There's people over here that are starting to go, man, that guy just don't shut up. They just keep attacking him and attacking him. Yeah. And pretty soon you got that David and Goliath theory, yeah. you know. Yeah. You got it. They're over here, even them over here. And you realize, I'm a little different. I was the next crack addict. I lived in the streets. I've been everywhere from no forks to four forks and everything in between. And I like it right here in the zero and one right. fork. Well, right. in fact, that's a great yeah. winning yes. this nation back. Then. Absolutely, because people don't look for hope unless uh, you, you get you, things are bad. Right. It's, it's just like, you know, back, uh, I think I've said this before on your show, I was talking to this guy well before, I think it was the fall of, of 19. Things are all going good, right? We're out elk hunting, and I just I just met him, and there's no elk. And, and uh, so finally we just started talking, and he goes, Mike, he said, he goes, you know, this nation has turned its back on God. And he said, he goes, they don't people don't look for God unless it's uh, something bad like the Great Depression. And I looked at him, and I go, no, I said the Great Depression. They had God, but I said I think they were just praying for food, or I mean for shelter and uh, and food and stuff. And and uh, I said we have something better than that. I said we have addiction. And he looks at me. I go. I go addiction. They're looking for hope. They're looking for pain to replace. They're they're praying for eternity. I mean they're praying. Yeah, looking for It's a different for kind of. It's a different kind of a hope. Right. And. And I and that's where I said, you know, this will be the greatest revival, you know, using addiction. Well, then along came uh, the, the China virus and the machines yeah. and the vaccines. We've and, got plenty now. Yeah, but we got plenty now. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's good. And it's, uh, so no, I believe you. You know, when we get way out here, I've said it before. I, I even in my darkest times, which for me is like I say, they're not dark for me because I already know where we're going. And, and you got way out here. And it's the greatest revival ever. And you're going to look back and say, all these pieces have to ha happen right. in order to get there because people are looking for hope. I, I think generally people have been like, okay, is Trump going to be back in the office next week? Right. <laughs> you know, right. or is it two right. weeks from now? And so this has been going on. And it really, we have to understand this is a long battle. It's a marathon. Mm -hmm. This isn't that's a sprint. Right. And that's uh, and that's what you're doing. So I Mike, I know this is a big deal, what you did today in the last three days, because not just bringing the 50 states together, it was driving a stake in the ground. I really right, believe right. that. Yep. And uh, uh, like Lance said, you know, we were kind of forced to mingle. We were. You know, with people mm -hmm. that we, we would normally get lost and stay and do our own thing. And that was brilliant. And I, right. I did like seeing all the senators and the representatives here, right. legislators yeah. that were and, really involved. Right. And, do you know, I, I invited all the Democrats, too. And, and Nancy Pelosi sent a thing, said, I'm busy. She actually sent a formal thing back, an answer. 
Well, I at mean, least just, you know you think about that, and then we talk about being mixed. Yeah, better than Fox. Where's Fox? Yeah. You know, and then and, the, and Brian Kemp even answered back. You know, I badmouth him every day. You know, they're honoring yeah, you. They're, I mean, yeah. that's a form of honor. But, but you know, the one thing here, and I got upset. There were some some media picking on CNN that was here that made made the point to show up, and I pulled them all in the room to CNN with her, and I said. That will not happen again today. And I had both these, I won't name them, there were three outlets that went after them. These guys are the news crew of the thing. When you're yelling at the camera, you're yelling at CNN. One time I was in I was in Washington, D.C. when they made that horrible thing, we gotta talk about that, the horrible ruling that that judge made right in the middle Lie. of this thing. And, but we're, but I was there that day when we went, we went to court on that. And there's all this media there, and I started, and they're going, Dominion submitting me a lawsuit. And I go, you know what? And I kept saying, shame on you, Fox. And the guy goes, Mike, I'm just a cameraman. I go, I know that. I'm pointing it out. <laughs> cameraman taking it personal. But, but that lawsuit, that now, they, isn't that funny? They did it right in the middle of the symposium. It's Alan Dershowitz came on, you know. He's, he's one of my lawyers. He, and he said it straight up, Mike, and I don't agree on politics, but this is the most important case in history for free speech. But you know, it already happened what they did. What happened, it hurt our country more than anything you could imagine because what they said was, you can sue for anything now. You can sue because you said, hey, show us inside of your machines that there's not bad stuff. Yeah. And not only sue me, but over 200 people and, and companies. Uh, my audience has always been over here, not on the right. right. I've never, I've, they guy went on CNN and, they, and he started attacking me saying something about the Democrats. I said, no, I've never done that. I said, I want everybody to you. This will be a great uniting of our country more than any time in history. The, the, the divided, we're not a racial, racial company. We're not a racist company, or I mean a country, country at all. Company. We're not a racist country. And this is going to be a great uniting, and it's a, and more and more each day. And I, because I ask people, I have like a lot of Democrats and liberals in my company. They've seen it real fast, okay? They see it real fast. But you're opening eyes over here. Uh, people over here go, why are they? Why are they taking my friends down? Why are they taking my friends? You know, why don't they get to say stuff on YouTube, but I can't? Why, you know, just because they had opinions. I think it's really open your eye, and I think the devil's doing that now because of all the things that come out of D.C. don't make sense. Right. And if it doesn't help either party, you got problems. One more quick thing. You know, and right in the middle of the symposium, the judge in D.C. said all those cases can go forward. That is terrible for our freedom. Someone